Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Man, Jim Cramer on CNBC totally lost the plot. In a long tirade, he called for the military to run government enforced mandatory vaccinations. He it was it was pretty intense. This was not some light thing like maybe we should have the military come out and, you know, offer up people services. No, no. He was like, everybody should be forced to do it. And if you don't want to do it, go to court and then file your conscientious conscientious objector status and we'll have the military run it. Fauci came out and he said it's time. You know, he said we we might not have to lock down, but prepare for the worst. When asked, he said, we're going to have lockdowns. Don't worry, it'll be temporary. And Joe Biden said, lockdowns will not be necessary for now Hmm. if everyone gets the vaccine and wears their masks. So I'll make this prediction. You know, I don't like making predictions because the Internet loses their minds when I do. And I'm just, you know, sometimes wrong. But how about this? I think we're going to see lockdowns again. I think Omicron is here. It's it's being reported in San Francisco. I think we're going to see lockdowns. I think it's going to be mostly in blue states. I certainly think Florida and Texas are going to say shove off. But I think New York, California, Illinois, many of these blue states are going to come out and they're going to be like, we've got to do it again. And I would not be surprised if the governors of these states then kill more elderly people. We talked about the uh, the, the hope experiment. The um, what is this guy name? What was the guy's name? Carl Richter or something? Yeah, it sounds I don't know, something like that. Yeah. He basically put rats in a vat of uh, in, a, in a cylinder full of water. And within 15 minutes, they give up. They can't swim. They die. Then he did another experiment where he took them out just before they drown, dries them off, put them back in. The second time, because of hope, they swam for, I think, 60 hours was the total. They wouldn't give up because they believed this hand might come and save me again. Mm. So I've, I've been saying for a while, after, now that they've re- reduced the lockdowns, they'll come back and they'll come back substantially worse. So we're going to talk about all that. We got a cool group here. We got Rav here. You want to introduce yourself, man? Yeah, yeah. I'm a journalist. Uh, mostly writing for the New York Post and other outlets as well, writing about COVID, mandates, crime, identity politics, but lately a lot about COVID and, and mandates and young people especially, the side effects that young people are, are facing and the uh, risks with uh, mandating vaccines for school children and all of what's happening right now in Europe and across North America. Right on, man. Thanks for coming. We got yeah. to talk about. We got Luke. So I'm here watching the chat, and I want to shout out the person that just said, no, Rudkowski, we Pukowski. Wow. Really appreciate that very much. I appreciate you guys. And if you guys want to support me, you can by checking out my T-shirt store. It, of course, is thebestpoliticalshirts.com, and you can buy shirts like the one I'm wearing right now that says, if you trust the government, you don't know history. I think an important lesson that Jim Cramer should really learn. Uh, they make great gifts and gag ideas, the best politicalshirts.com. Thanks for having me. That is a astute statement on your shirt. I think a lot about it. if I didn't have the knowledge of what Nazis and what the Nazis had done, that this would be a totally different experience. Mm-hmm. If I didn't know that this is actually not this yeah. particularly, but it has happened in the past where they genially put you on a train and take you somewhere to relocate. Ian, you know, wait well, until you find out what the communists did. <laughs> well, and, and hold on, too. There's a really great quote. What the Nazis did was legal. Yeah. What 
what uh, uh, Schindler and other people did trying to protect Jews was illegal. What they did was against the law. What the the United States did to the Japanese with the internment camps was legal. What the communists did, they all justify it. So uh, let's make sure we don't confuse legality with morality. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so I'm really excited for this evening because uh, the talk about lockdowns again, talk about this new variant is really distressing. So hopefully we can find some kind of closure on that. But don't forget, head over to TimCast.com, become a member. And you'll get access to exclusive members-only segments of the TimCast IRL podcast, which we will have for you tonight around 11 or so p.m. You don't want to miss it. We usually go get a little rowdy, not so much family-friendly because it's the after it's the after show. It's the after party. But as a member of TimCast, you're helping support all of our journalists. So, you know, we have a bunch of stories we put up all the time. We have investigative. We have breaking news. We have on-the-ground reporting happening. We had Elad. He's, he's going, you know, traveling to cover some of these big protests. And we have that stuff uh, stuff up all the time. And it's all thanks to you as members. So don't forget, you can also like this video, subscribe to this channel, smash the like button, check out We Got the No Step on a Step on Snack and Find Out shirt pinned yes. in the chat. You can get that <laughs> if you want it and uh, share the video. Uh, helps support uh, the show and we don't have the marketing budget of CNN, but we do have grassroots power from all of you guys. Let's jump over to that first the story and get right into it. Joe Biden, be quiet. I am, I am offended <laughs> that Joe Biden started talking right as I'm trying to start on, this segment. Man. We're going to mute that site. Get out of here, Joe. CNBC host suggests nationwide vaccine mandate have the military run it. I really love this story from the Hill because Jim Cramer didn't suggest anything. He demanded it. He didn't say maybe we, uh, you know, we have a national vaccine mandate. No, he was literally like, this is on the White House in Biden. Everyone's got to do this. And if you don't, you go to court and try and prove your objector status. And it's, it's rather crazy. I'll jump right to this. We have this tweet here with this video. I'll jump right to the end. So you can hear him get to the having the military run this part thing. Nobody wants to be the bad guy. He's the bad guy. Uh-huh. But back then, anyone who refused to get vaccinated would get ratted out immediately because we knew that person could hurt other people. The commonweal was a, a commonweal. Now we're engaged in a similar struggle with COVID. What, what was that? Is he he needs to breathe. No, I can't. It, 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 the way he's slurring his speech, yeah. I'm actually wondering. Massive. Throat and hitting the tension. bottle. No. Oh, that's true, too. That's true, too. Let's, 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 let's play it. But Eisenhower would be aghast. We have immunocompromised people who are incubators for every variant to come, walking around lawfully unvaccinated? That's psychotic. We have companies that have tried hard to get people vaccinated and now backing down? We have governors who want to be president by grandstanding on a foolish state's right issue? The right to get sick and get other people sick? So it's time to admit that we have to go to war against COVID. Require vaccination universally. Have the military run it. If you don't want to get vaccinated, you better be ready to prove your conscientious objector status in court. You know, I, I got to say, uh, he's he's slurring pretty crazy. Yeah, that's like good. that. I, I mean, totally as an aside, like I'm not trying to say this disrespectfully, that that weird circular wheel. What was he saying? I don't know. Dude. I don't know. Compared to two I, years ago, that you're totally right. Yeah. I haven't watched him in a long time. And he's he's, wa- he's reading a teleprompter. But the <laughs> way he the said objector, it, it, I feel like That's I, I, I got to be honest. I'm gonna be yeah. honest. I thought he was having a stroke. Mm-hmm. No joke. No joke. Like the way he started slurring and like losing it. But anyway, to the point of his politics. Well, a bunch of crazy stuff. We'll have the military run it. Oh, just throwing it out there. We just have the military take control and go marshal. Like it's crazy the casualty that he uh, spoke with there. Yeah. And and it makes absolutely no sense. By the way, like how, segregating between unvaccinated and vaccinated when we know that there are several studies showing that the vaccine efficacy lasts about six seven months against infection. And so after about six seven months, 
a vaccinated person is just as likely to get infected and transmit COVID as an infected person, as a as an unvaccinated person. Several studies show this. So mandating the stuff makes no sense because then you're going to have a group of people that has the same level of infection and transmission rates after a certain amount of months. So it's it's just a matter of buying us time. So, uh, yeah. So, um, I mean, obviously, they've been talking about boosters for a long time. Mm-hmm. And it's weird because you have, like, there was a period where if you said the efficacy was waning, you'd get banned on social media. Mm-hmm. Yeah. D- Dave Rubin being a great example where he tweeted out, you know, it's not working the way they promised. And sooner or later, they're going to call for boosters. And he got suspended on Twitter for it. And now, sure enough. Yeah. They've already been saying, I think in Israel, they're on what, a number, shot number five? Yeah, is shot it, number five, which for, needs to be mandated a part of their digital vaccine yeah. passport social credit score system that they implemented in that country, which is absolutely absurd. Mm-hmm. Jim Cramer here just proved how much of an establishment hack he is. He's a Bear stern shill showing off his best bootlicking on national television, which is embarrassing for this country. I mean, it, it, he went full commie. It, it's psychotic behavior. He wants to throw people in jail in court and have the military. Military men who are used to fighting armies force people to take a medication that might not be right for them, that might hurt them, that some medical professionals are telling some individuals based on their own medical history that they can't take. I mean, are you freaking kidding me? And uh, again, Jim Cramer, uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe he was trying to boost up big pharma stocks by doing this. I don't know what he was thinking, but uh, I don't trust this man's financial advice, especially when it came to Bear Stearns. I didn't trust his financial advice when it came to Bitcoin when he announced he he sold most of his Bitcoin on June 21st of, 21st of this year. Bitcoin was about $32,000. Bitcoin right now is about $57,000. Mm-hmm. So uh, his financial advice hasn't been there. Uh, his social critique and political involvement now is full fascistic and as dangerous as it is stupid, in my Ma- opinion. Maybe mm-hmm. you're right. Um, I mean, so Jim Cramer's show is like stock show. You know, yeah. He talks about finances. Yeah. We got the story from Barron's. This is from today. Moderna stock tanks after losing a patent dispute. Here's what comes next. I don't really care what comes next. Mm. Moderna dropped 10%. Now, this is today. That speech he gave was from Monday. But maybe you're a guy who's talking finance. Maybe you're a guy who gives bad advice. And maybe you use your show to try and push and pump and dump and things like Mm. that. I'm not saying he does. But... I mean, it's possible. Yeah. Well, the Moderna stock went down because the CEO came out uh, a few days ago and said that the vaccine doesn't have that good effectiveness when it comes to this new Omicron variant, allegedly. And as soon as he said that, the stocks go down. He soon came after that statement and made another statement saying that we need double booster shots Mm -hmm. in order to successfully fight this new Omicron variant, which just appeared in the United States from a fully vaccinated person in San Francisco, California. Okay, well, hold on. You're you're jumping the gun here, Luke. You're jumping the gun. Uh, Barron's is reporting the stock fell because a federal circuit court of appeals, a panel of three judges, upheld a ruling against the biotech company in a decision on patents that Arbutus Biopharma said it owns. The patents in question regard lipid nanoparticles, which are used to deliver mRNA to cells safely, which basically means if you've got stock in Moderna, they don't own the rights to that product. And I can only imagine they're going to have to pay out some kind of portion of their revenue to the rights holder on this regard. Yeah, that plus two judges now ruling against Biden's vaccine mandate, plus his latest statements, all, of course, are having a kind of crescendo moment. And also with the Federal Reserve screaming, saying, hey, this is going to 
uh, hurt us financially with this new variant. No, 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 no. The Federal Reserve printing money out of thin air is going to hurt us financially as they're the ones causing inflation, as they're the ones causing the larger economic problems. And they're trying to blame it on this new variant, Omicron variant, which, again, we're still learning about mm. all the um, details. Omicron? Yeah. Whatever. Is that they Joe call Biden's it. version? Yeah. Are, are you choosing the, Joe Biden's version? I like yes. That version. Yes. <laughs> what the president says is gospel, and we should always trust yeah. and believe him no matter what. <laughs> I would love to rename it to Omicron. That's great. Let's yeah, just call it Omicron. Yeah. We might as well. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, Biden's the authority on this, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. He's, the yeah. He's, 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 he's not a withered husk of a former yeah, of his no. former self. No, he's yeah. the president. Yeah. He doesn't have metal stints inside of his brain <laughs> holding up major blood clots. You know, the, this idea, by the way, that new variants are going to come and they're going to lead to more booster shots was considered to be absolute conspiracy at the beginning of the pandemic. It was this is a two shot vaccine. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you guys saw on Twitter, Eric Topple, the big medical expert that the left you know, often uses as. Uh, somebody who's reliable for this information. He came out yesterday with a tweet saying this is a three-shot vaccine. And he's considered like the, one of the biggest, most reliable experts on vaccines. Um, there's one story I was looking at recently, by the way, which shows how ineffective vaccines are against infection. The Ottawa Senators, an NHL hockey team, 100% vaccination rate, and now 40% of the team just tested positive for COVID. Oh, well, is that... Which, is, but so, so the issue is, are we dealing with Variants that are that the vaccines struggle to deal with. I, I've heard varying opinions. I, I have heard that because of Delta and Omicron, that these are new variants, and the vaccine have a limited coverage for the various pathogens that they attempt to protect against. I, th- I, I, I have no idea how the the biological mechanism works, but we it's, it's absolutely objectively true that the protection against infection is completely short-lived. It's only a few months. Well, let's make sure we have that distinction, yeah. right? So to say the vaccines don't, you know, aren't working, well, hold on. The, the issue is they don't work long enough. Yes. And that's that's not, I don't, I, I'm, you know, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, oh, no, they work forever. Yeah, they work. You go, go talk to your doctor because they work forever. Mm-hmm. I'm kidding, by the way. My point is, if you if you have all of the mainstream media coming out and saying the efficacy is waning and now you need three shots, a booster is your fourth shot, it's 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 Fauci. It's the Moderna CEOs, the guys who are saying you need more boosters, not not us. The narrative that they are pushing in that capacity then is breaking confidence in the efficacy of the vaccines. So what I said, you know, when we saw um, LeBron James, a double vax gets covid. Hmm. New York Daily News wrote in the first sentence, not even the, the king is immune to covid-19. And I was like, what if he was vaccinated? Hmm. So when they said that it was a really weird cognitive dissonance, I think for regular people, because people call people call vaccines immunization, right? Yeah. They would be mm-hmm. like, "Did you get immunized from you know this or whatever, or did you go to you, you got to get you got immunized from yellow fever?" When I went and got my vaccines for going to Venezuela, they said it was getting immunized. It was synonymous, yeah, yeah, and and synonymous. maybe it's a colloquial thing, like, "Oh, we don't think it's a guarantee it'll prevent yellow fever or hep or something like that." But if LeBron James got the vaccine as he was supposed to do it. And he still gets it. And Dan Bongino gets the vaccine because he, you know, he had uh, lymphoma and then he still gets it. The problem is all of your data goes out the window. Shipping can make or break a sale. So optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. This is why I'm always just like, go talk to a doctor, man. I don't want I don't want liability from anybody making decisions off of, you know, I'm not going to give advice on this. But the issue then is people will be bewildered. What are you supposed to do 
when you have a news story coming out, literally, LeBron James fully vaxxed, gets COVID. Dan Bongino fully vaxxed, gets COVID. Who are the politicians who got it and they were fully vaxxed? Yeah, we keep yeah. having these high-profile yeah. stories. And as you pointed out, what did you say, 40% of the NHL? Uh, 40% of the Ottawa Senators, a top NHL team, just tested positive for COVID, even though 100% of the team is vaccinated. Mm. And if you talk to top medical experts, like like in, in my writing, when I talk about COVID, I have to be very careful. Like when I try to publish stuff, if I don't back it up with expert opinion, with trained experts, then it becomes an issue. But um, uh, it's worth mentioning, by the way, when we're talking about vaccines, that the protection against death remains uh, durable after several months. It's the, it's the protection against infection that is very short-lived. Hmm. Well, Stu, there's a lot of the science that we haven't figured out, and there's a lot of different political beliefs. But when we have you know, large medical institutions, along with Dr. Fauci, coming out from the very beginning of this and saying 100% safe and effective, just do this one time and everything will go back to normal, that doesn't build trust. That doesn't build anyone who's going to willingly now be like, okay, yeah, sure, I'll believe you this time or this time. And, and they did it to themselves. They, they created a situation where it's very hard to believe anything coming out of their mouth because it keeps changing. And if it does, you have to admit it's changed. You have to take accountability. You have to take responsibility for your words. And they haven't been doing any of that. Dr. Fauci is afraid of doing any kind of interviews with anyone who even views any kind of different political circumstance differently than he does. And if he's the nation's doctor, he's not supposed to be political, but he's been political from the very beginning. He was saying Black Lives Matter protests are great. Mm -hmm. Anti-lockdown protests, bad. They're causing the spread. Black Lives Matter protests are the ones that are uh, slowing the spread. And, and again, you can't have both. And they've been changing the definitions of vaccines. They've been changing the definitions of herd immunity. Yep. And I think it's important for all of us to admit we don't know what's going on here. I'm I, not a medical professional. I'm not a medical doctor. We're not here giving medical advice. But at the same time, we're here to tell you everyone who's telling you that they know exactly what's happening here is full of crap. That, that's, that, I think that's a great point. Uh, what I said, I've said this before and I'll say it again. I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor. I can't give you advice on that. But I am an expert in freedom. And I think one of the issues that we keep we, we fall into is we have to be careful. There should not be government mandated medical procedures. That that's about it. And and you want to come to me and say Jim Cramer, he's like, oh, but we have you know this reason and that reason. I'm like, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. Government ain't gonna tell me what medical procedures I gotta have, because you have, you have to think uh, uh, think about what it means philosophically if we move to a point where the government can mandate any of this by force. Okay, well you know um, people who have Neuralink cybernetic implants have uh, an advantage. Ah, here's a better one. People who have the VeraChip implant, well, it's safer because when they get stopped by police, the police don't have to search for ID. When they get pulled over, their ID's right with them. We will reduce crime and end the, the crime pandemic if everyone just gets their VeraChip. Get that chip injected into your hand. What happens when a criminal gets stopped and he gives a false name? Crime gets worse. We can't give the government the ability to just mm. say, here's the medical procedure you have to undergo because it's 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 going to help make you safer or save lives. That's it. One of the worst examples of this, by the way, recently, I don't know if you heard about this, 44,000 students in L.A. are about to lose their right to have in-person education because they missed the vaccine right. deadline. Yeah, in Los Angeles, the L.A. Times reported on this. 40, 44,000 students now are about to move to online schooling only because they didn't get vaccinated. And all, that sounds like a great reset. Huh. You know, stopping people from going in person. And uh, let's let's talk about. OK, so th this is where we are in the United States with Jim Cramer saying we want, you know, he wants the military to enforce us. So let's let's talk about what that'll look like. Mm. And the biggest thing you need to be worried about, my friends, are the propagandists. 
I can only tell you this. We use a wonderful little product called NewsGuard. And I've been criticized for using it because uh, who funds it, Luke? Bill Gates. Bill Gates. <laughs> Bill Gates. Oh, heavens. Bill Gates provides funding. It's through Microsoft, right? Or um, is it him directly? Uh, I'm not sure. I, I don't I, I don't really fact check that. So, uh, so I use this on purpose as sort of uh, to make a point. If I use a news source that makes a claim and then I highlight that claim and you accuse me of being fake news, I just say, oh, don't look at me. Ask Bill Gates, right? Uh-oh. Are they the conspiracy theorists now? Hmm. Here's a story we have from The Guardian. Northern Territory police arrest three people who escaped from Howard Springs COVID quarantine facility. Trio allegedly jumped the fence at the open air center near Darwin early on Wednesday. You want to know what the best part is? Do you know what the name of the Howard? Do you know what type of facility the Howard Springs facility is? It's like a- no, no, no. Give me the, lit- the exact statement. Don't no hyperbole. Literally, what is the Howard Springs facility? Anybody? Summer camp literal not made up come on come on come on what has the australian government called it you guys don't know this no 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 they call it a quarantine camp Uh i didn't think that was very difficult but i guess you guys didn't know (laughs) i don't know they're now calling it the center for national resilience what police and staff at the center for uh, national resilience oh oh, oh, i'm sorry that's probably i probably got that wrong okay that's probably (laughs) just where they're doing the investigation from the police and staff at the Center for National Resilience are currently confirming the absconders' identities prior to releasing further information. They say it's a large open-air facility for quarantining people. The alleged escape, the absconders. So there are people being brought to these facilities voluntarily? Uh-huh. Is it voluntary? Do we know? Well, but they're that, not able to leave voluntarily, apparently. It doesn't look voluntarily. <laughs> yeah. so if they have to escape, then there's not a voluntary exit strategy. Mm-hmm. Well, that I know of. Yeah. So let's get into the the propagandists. Uh, this one's a little too personal for me. I've been harping on this for a minute, but I want to make this very concise for you guys <laughs> so you can understand what's going on in Australia. We, uh, I have these series of tweets that break down what's happening in Australia very simply. I said, don't forget, if the chief minister says you can't leave your home even to get food, thanks the army for their trucks used to transport COVID suspects and you get arrested if you try to leave the camp. Jesse Single and Quillette say it's a conspiracy theory. So here we go. Here's one article. Under that lockdown, residents could only leave home for five reasons, including essential shopping, essential work, providing or receiving care, exercise and obtaining medical treatment. Gunner has announced Binjari and Rockhole residents now cannot leave their homes unless for medical reasons or in an emergency. That means you can't leave for food. We have this from Grabian. Chief Minister Gunner. The army is now transferring positive COVID cases and contacts in Northern Territory, Australia to quarantine camps by army trucks. And finally, anti-police arrest three people who escaped from Howard Springs COVID quarantine facility. Hmm. The propaganda and the and, and those supporting the, the state narrative in this regard is probably the scariest thing to me. Because what ended up happening today was uh, Jesse Single wrote this entirely fabricated story about me claiming that I was like a conspiracy theorist or something based on my tweets literally quoting abc.net.au, which is to say 38 people were transported by army uh, truck to the quarantine facilities. I never said by with guns drawn or by force or anything like that. He then writes this big article that's completely fake, seemingly just to kind of discredit me. Now, of course, I know that's personal and I, I, I take uh, emotional issue with it, but I decided to put together these three sources, which I included the links to all of these stories on Twitter 
And surprise, surprise, many people didn't know this was real. Mm. So a lot of people engaging in the Twitter spat I had with Jesse see these three stories and their response immediately was, no way that's real. Because if you read these propaganda stories from like Quillette or Jesse, you'd think I made it up. When in fact, it's all NewsGuard certified sources. In Australia, they have police and military setting up checkpoints and locking down people in their homes. The chief minister has said, you cannot leave your home for these reasons, for, for the normal lockdown reasons, meaning no food. Hmm. He then said, I'd like to thank the prime minister for the ADF personnel and army trucks to transport the, sus- the, the COVID cases and uh, the suspected cases and close contacts to the Howard Springs facility. All of that was said from his mouth. I feel like Coulette is kind of going the way of um, the mainstream media, which is a little bit troubling. And I think it's a really good reminder that we need to be incredibly critical of all of our sources, even if we think that they're mostly or some percentage in agreement with us ideologically. It's also pretty terrifying what's what's happening in Australia, where the government previously disarmed the citizenry. Very interestingly, no one's really bringing up how gun confiscation re- worked really well in Australia anymore. I remember hearing about that a few months ago. I, I don't hear about that nah, uh, right look, now. Look, look. Ain't nobody in Australia would take up arms against what's going on. Probably, right now. but but still, I think it, it's a factor worth considering here. But when it came to these three escapees, I remember seeing a news report showing how police officers were closing down roads and inspecting every single vehicle, searching everyone's cars to make sure that no one was hiding, trying to make these people uh, get away from the larger area. So they they caught these people. But but this is this is again absolutely huge powers that the government is granting itself in the name of a tragedy um, that, that of course, has historically gone down with people exploiting uh, really bad events for their own personal powers and the powers that they have in Australia. I mean, the authorities there have rushed through laws that give them the ability to control people's social media accounts, to hack their accounts, to see everything that they're doing, to deny them the ability to be able to walk into businesses, heavy fines for not wearing a mask, heavy fines for going to protests, jail time for people organizing protests. And when you when you're seeing human rights eviscerated to such extent where you can't even voice an opinion against the government without having the government knocking on your door saying we want to control your social media, we now have the ability to post as you when we want. We have the ability to know every little detail about your life. That is a dangerous power that you have given the government that, of course, it routinely, historically always abuses. I want to give a special shout out to Quillette and to Jesse Single, too, because if there's one thing they accomplished in making up fake stories about me or lying is that they've just gotten me to cover the issue in greater detail more and more. I love it. So, I mean, look, it was initially I tweeted concentration camp in reference to Howard Springs as kind of like a jokey trolley thing. And Claire decided to go nuts on it. So I doubled down. And now we're at the point where I've covered this in great detail and it's only getting worse. Now there's manhunts for people who are escaping fr- from this uh, co- uh, quarantine facility. Yeah. And nice. uh, and Jesse decides to write a completely fabricated narrative about me based on a tweet without doing any research. That's the, that's the funniest thing about it. And in turn, I obviously get mad about it. And then we cover the story in greater detail. Once again, simplifying that in Australia, they are rounding people up with the assistance of the military 
and the chief minister is thanking them for the assistance, sending them to a camp where they're trying to escape. Do you th- is Claire in Australia right now? Claire yes, she is. So yep. is she in a position now where she got online and was like, you're right, Tim, what the government's doing here is horrible. We need to do it. That they'd come knocking on her door? Yeah, probably. Yeah, of course. Wow. I mean, there's incredible videos showing police officers showing up at, at people's doors, banging, demanding, saying, did you post this on the Internet? Mm-hmm. Were you here at this protest? Did you dare have a voice against the state intimidating people, harassing people, not just protesters, journalists like uh, what, what, what's his name? Yemi. Uh, I forgot it. I oh, forgot. Yeah. Hami. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, Avi. Avi. Uh, oh. Avi's been doing really incredible work. He had police show up at his door. He's routinely detained for even trying to report on these protests as an official member of the press. So uh, when you have, you know, intimidation of, of journalism, when you have the suppression of people's voices, when you have the suppression of protests, when you have the suppressions of people's speech, you have a situation that is absolutely Orwellian, destructive, dangerous, and the opposite of anything progressive that anyone could even imagine. You want to know what the best part is about these three people who escaped? Mm. They were teenagers, and they had tested negative. The yeah. Australian government wow. took three teenagers from the Binjari community, Brought them to a quarantine facility when they were negative for COVID. Tested them. They were negative. And then when these three teens escaped, the police were sent out to investigate, hunt them down, and arrest them. Set up roadblocks. Wait, set up roadblocks. Why are they there, though, if they're negative? Yeah. They were near someone. I I have to wonder about the Australian government bringing people without COVID to a quarantine camp where they're not allowed to leave. And then you have to imagine these teenagers are probably thinking, I don't want to get COVID. Yeah. And they're like, you're negative. And they're like, good, let me go. No. Wait, were they positive maybe first and then they were negative? So what the it's possible. But the minister said close contacts. Mm. So that means like, right, okay. well, you know, we got, uh, you know, my, my brother's downstairs. You are officially a close contact. They'd come to your house and arrest you and be like, well, you know, you were a close contact with this person. You might be like, I didn't see that person. I don't know what you're talking about. Too bad. The best part about it is how they say they're not doing it by force. And now you have all of these. I swear. Look, people need to understand. It's a known fact that governments use sock puppetry on social media. The bot accounts. I'm not saying every person's a bot, but they do. They do this. And it's funny to see the propagandists coming out and tweeting. It's been confirmed. This is, the people are not being taken by force. And I'm like, are you kidding? Then why are they escaping? <sighs> Like they're they're voluntarily showing up and then trying to break out. That makes literally no sense. More importantly, they voluntarily sh- voluntarily show up but can't voluntarily leave. How yeah. about we'll just call it that? Okay, the Australian government is offering free rides in army trucks to the quarantine <laughs> facility where people aren't allowed to leave by threat of arrest. Do you, that is that it? Is that, are we good now? Do you think it's possible nice. they just don't tell them that they can't leave once they get there? And are they maybe misleading That's them? That's definitely possible. I think it is on. completely unreasonable to make the argument that when the minister comes out and says you can't leave your house to eat mm. and we're going to take people with by army truck to quarantine facilities where they will be arrested if they escape, the idea that they were voluntarily going to this place is absurd uh, you know what i don't like is the way the australian police interact with the citizenry like gorillas attacking like a wounded lamb like they just walk up on people no fear like their arms are out like they're about to grapple so like they're not afraid of getting shot in the chest because they've disarmed the populace and they just like stumble towards humans and like use their mass to like squeeze them it's disgusting mm-hmm. one question i have about the australian camps is are vaccinated people able to get into these camps 
Do they detain those people too? Yeah, probably for sure. They're, they're, if they test negative. positive, yeah, or, or if they're a suspect. Or, sorry, case. or so, um, okay. One, one of the big things too, and, and we'll get into this in a little in, in just a second, is that um, there's new travel restrictions where uh, Biden wants to implement them. That no matter your vaccination status, if you travel into the country, you've got to quarantine for a week. You've got to have a negative test before traveling, and all of these like. I don't know what's uh, uh, what's the word for for the the zealots. All of these like hardcore government mandate zealots are like, what do you mean? I've got to take a test in quarantine. I'm double vaxxed. And one guy tweeted like, I'm double vaxxed and boosted. I refuse to be treated like these dewormer people. It's like, <laughs> what did you think was gonna happen, you, bro? Get your subscription now. Promo code Fauci Ouchy to your monthly vaccine booster. <laughs> like, I think if people want, if people are concerned about their health. You go and talk to a doctor about it. I think COVID is very, very serious. I got it. And mm-hmm. boy, was it bad. But I think the problem is they keep trying to centralize everything. They keep trying to say, we have an idea. This one thing will solve the problem. When in reality, it's going to be a multifaceted approach that solves it's, this. It's not polio. This Jim Cramer guy acted like it's polio, mm-hmm. like like we're dealing with polio. And, he, and, he, mm-hmm. and then he was like, so he said polio is horrible. Polio is horrible. So we need to use vaccines against COVID. Like complete non sequitur. Mm-hmm. Irrelevance. Also, other vaccines for polio and smallpox, they took years to get mandated. Wasn't it 15 to, plus years? To, well, was, some were like five or six years, others were like 15 years, but never before has it been right away as it has been with COVID. Oh, so yeah. they didn't rush out a vaccine for no, no, smallpox. no, no. And years. there's also the danger yes. of, of rushing something that will have an effect that, of course, will stop the natural progression of a virus and potentially yeah. even make it worse. That's what some scientists are so, speculating so right Brett now, a lot. that this intervention could actually cause to uh, a worse situation another different variant that could hurt the world even more which if you're thinking about how the state has been using this problem to help their friends to conduct the largest transfer of wealth in recorded human history to empower themselves with godlike authority over the population i would think that they would have an interest in making this situation worse personally myself but that is just my own perspective my own personal opinion some scientists are speculating this as well but again the data the science it's still all coming in it still really hasn't been figured out but to jump to conclusions to say we need authoritarianism mm-hmm. to, we need tyranny to solve this problem is absolutely ridiculous it's it's a stupid idea and it's an idea that joe rogan argued recently is hurting more people than actually helping more people uh and i think that argument uh, has a lot of merit to it i'm still surprised how many people say that the vaccines are a way to end the pandemic that they stop the spread of covid like so many people still say that it's like no no it's mainstream science that that's not the case that it slows the spread temporarily. That's the most accurate way to say it. We've got, uh, let's, let's, uh, let me see if I can pull this, uh, let me see if I can find this. Here we go. We got this story from news, uh, from Sky News. Omicron variant highly infectious and booster jabs may need double dose, says Moderna CEO. It is a official big pharma narrative. Sky News that you will need to get a double dose of the booster because of the new variant. So there, there's, there's no slowing the, there's a slowing the spread, I guess, but there's no stopping it if no. this is our plan of action. And you've got a mainstream uh, narrative from a lot of these people. Just get, and it's like you mentioned earlier, Luke. They say, just get the first shot and then we're good. Everyone will be fine. They said in New York City, the mandate was one shot at least. Now it's, you know, they're saying, okay, well, now you get, then you get, then it was get two doses for fully vaccinated. Then they said, we got to get your booster. Now they're saying, no, 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 the third shot is not a booster. It's a normal part of the whole vaccine process. Yeah. And now imagine this. 
Imagine you got three shots already, and they're saying that's not a booster. The CEO of Moderna is now saying you will need two more shots because of Omicron. It's like a rainmaker selling umbrellas. (laughs) That's my personal perspective on it. But but again, we have to understand who does this kind of benefit here? Where's the accountability? Where's the oversight? Where's people saying, hey, let's actually take a look at this and and let's maybe see if some people are maybe motivated more by profit than they are about general health. And if we are interested in general health, shouldn't we have conversations about obesity? Shouldn't we have conversations about diet? And if you want to have a totalitarian response to this, sure, but if you're going to be attacking anyone, it should be maybe KFC, McDonald's, Burger King, uh, especially if you're caring about people's health. Uh, but but again, uh, it's it's ridiculous to even think about it that way. Uh, and, and, and again, people's health is important, and the discussions about exercise, vitamin D, getting proper sleep, not being stressed out, making sure that you're living a life that is a healthy, happy one rather than just a wage slave one where you're indoctrinated by just horrible ideas and horrible foods that go into your system and make you a crappy, unhealthy, unhappy person. You know, we if we want to start those conversations, we should have them. And I think we would have a far better effect at helping people when it comes to making people healthier than we would by just giving all of our full faith to Big Pharma because, as we know, they're treated like our overlords right now. This episode is made possible by PwC. It's getting hot out here. Moving the mercury can help move your business. PwC helps turn sustainability theory into real-world action. Reduce your carbon footprint while increasing transparency in net-zero commitments. Start with reporting to identify your climate risks and reinvent your business. Create a more sustainable business and a stronger planet. It's all part of The New Equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm not surprised yeah. that this CEO of a pharmaceutical company mm. is suggesting that his vaccine is the is the way to go forward. No, 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 no. I'm not surprised that he's saying you actually need two. Yeah. Okay. I'm a window maker. And have you considered putting two windows in the same right. place? The people, <laughs> when there's a, a health crisis, you don't want to be looking to your pharmaceutical CEOs for the, the way forward necessarily. Why do we, we sound such, like such leftists. Yeah. These so big corporations are just trying to turn a profit, exploiting the health crisis. And we should. Yeah. I mean, they were it's ready true. to go where's, on where's, this thing. Yeah. Where, where, where are the, uh, this is, this is the problem I have with like the left. Is that when we refer to the left, we are quite literally referring to leftist populists and the establishment because for whatever reason, they're aligned on this one. Mm. You take a look at the most prominent personalities they have and they agree on all this stuff. And I'm like, yo, how come you guys are pro big pharma now? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's because quite simply, the new generation of leftist, they were, you know, teenagers 10 years ago. So when the Occupy Wall Street types were out there saying like big pharma is bad, those people are now in their mid to late thirties. And these 20-something-year-olds who are on YouTube and pushing this politics of the far left were born into a world where Big Pharma is actually good. Martin Shkreli, awesome guy, apparently, I guess. Yeah. That's their position? Okay, sure. 
And and the record of some of these companies, record fines, bribing doctors, bribing regulators, uh, regulators buying off corporate media. Uh, I can name a lot of individuals. I can name a lot of multinational corporations that, of course, were guilty of this. But but they have a criminal past. Mm. They're liable for causing yeah. real life human harm before. And for people to just to give them a pass, to a blind trust, because, you know, there's a tragedy that's being exploited here is, is something that is worrying personally myself that that I am concerned about uh, from my own personal perspective. Yeah. Also, the way that they're funding research, too. Like I was listening to this one cardiologist in the UK that uh, Majid Nawaz was interviewing. Mm-hmm. By the way, I don't know if you've seen his content lately oh, Majid, yeah. on Twitter. He's been great on this. And the cardiologist was saying that 66 percent of academic research done on medical issues is funded by drug companies. So that creates a huge bias. So a number of researchers are unable to publish certain kind of research that goes against the efficacy of a certain drug that can lead to, I think Joe was pointing out recently on his podcast, Joe Rogan, and, and several drugs, dozens of drugs that have been pulled off the market that were initially approved and led to right. so many excess deaths and injuries. And, and that was because the studies that were done that showed the efficacy were tainted by this influence from the drug industry, and it led to so many deaths mm-hmm. and injuries. Have you, have you, I mean, ever you, you guys have seen the brought to you by Moderna montage? Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah. CNN's New Day brought to you by Pfizer, yeah. and that shows like all the media saying that. Yeah, man. When you have commercials, it's, I think the United States is one of only like what I think like two countries Very that allow few, commercials yeah. for drugs. It's insane. And, and the best part about it, I, I love this, is that they don't tell you what the drugs do. Flornostrin. Call your doctor to see if it's right for you. Like, they won't tell you what it is, but they want you to buy it. Yeah, they'll show, like, an old woman and man dancing in the field <laughs> in slow motion. This could be you yeah. if you just take our drugs. Restless leg syndrome? We have a solution. And then side effects include... Uh, <laughs> Yo, that's a crazy food thing. that our other company it's, sells you. Take our medicine that our other company sells you. Are you feeling stressed? It's take a, this. It's, it's a joke. Like, people do sketches where it's like, side effects may include, you know, uh, explosive diarrhea. But, like, I, I was actually... I saw an ad recently for some medication where they actually said... I, 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 I I verbally exclaimed in my living room when we were watching some show and it was like, get this treatment. And the side effects include like bleeding heart or something. Ah, or it's like <laughs> some ridiculous thing where it was like, you know, blood clots and, you know, deep vein thrombosis and other and like cardiac arrest. And I was like, why would you take that? It was like, do you have, you know, irritable bowel syndrome? Take this thing that can stop your heart. And it's like, mm. maybe not. I don't know. Maybe you just got to go to the bathroom and, you know, like. Because that side effects are crazy. I don't know, man. But but you know what? You know what? Far be it from me, right? If somebody's got some kind of you know disease and they're suffering and they say, "I'll take the risk if it makes my life better," that's between them, their mm-hmm. doctor. Ultimately, mm-hmm. they make a choice about what's right for their. Yeah, life. not commercials. Right. You're right. The United States and New Zealand are the only countries in the world that allow drug advertising on commercials <laughs> right now. And, and it's pretty much all you see, especially if you watch the corporate media. You just see pharma ad after pharma ad after pharma ad. Now, again, we also have to be uh, intellectually honest here. Not all of big pharma is evil. Some of the stuff that they do produce does really help people, has revolutionized medicine, and has changed people's lives for the better. We have to admit that on a certain level. But there is a very sinister, nasty, disgusting element of it that literally profits off of human suffering, rather cures the symptoms than the cause, and is knowingly 
making money, hiding real cures because of someone sitting at an office saying, I prefer money over human life. We saw that with the opioid epidemic. Mm -hmm. We saw that with institutions in this country being bought out by Big Pharma that literally turned a huge portion of this country into heroin addicts knowingly because of big money. And when you have that much of power, that much influence, that much harm caused by this industry... I'm sorry. You I, you don't have my faith. You don't have my personal belief system in you. You don't. I'm not going to give you the benefit of the doubt. You don't okay, deserve okay, it. Okay, Bernie, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It, it, it's true. And then you got the prison industrial complex saying these working class, you know, family men who lost their jobs to the factories being shipped overseas, who then got hooked on opioids, should go to prison mm. for it. Yep. And the police with smiles on their faces, kicking the doors of the victims, working class people in this country, and send them to jail. Yep. Yeah, the whole system. But you know what the problem is? Yo, I can see it, right? Luke can see it. We can all see it. Big pharmaceutical companies exploiting a crisis, ex- exploiting pain, pumping opioids into this country, the, the, the policies of the, of the Democratic and Republican establishment extracting factories and jobs from this country overseas to make a quick buck, and the prison industrial complex, and we can all see it, and then the only thing we get is the left saying, communism is the answer. Yeah, more and government, I, more police like, officers, oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, more, more money for big pharma, more money for the big prison industries, more government intervention in our daily I, lives, I, which is insane. I do support using the government's uh, power to disrupt the monopoly of making pharmaceutical commercials legal. I would like to, the government to make them illegal like they did with the tobacco commercials in the 60s or whenever it was, the 70s. Um, that is maybe a little socialist in me, but I think that there's a, a time and a place that's to use socialist. the heavy hammer of the government to prevent no, no. these private companies from taking over. That's, that's not socialist. That's, that's, that's something we can do reasonably as a, as a people, as, as a community, as a country, as a nation, and be like, here's what we agree and don't agree on how these companies should function. I think regulations are fine. The problem is when they never get removed and they're outdated or broken in oh, some ways. Call. So what ends up happening Sunset is clause. Exactly. Yeah. We say, okay, we're going to try this out. We're going to do a two year, you know, uh, ban on pharmaceutical commercials or something. And then we'll see how it happens. And if it's, and then in two years it sunsets. And then, you know, we'll have to re- re-vote for it or something like that. And all the politicians that got bribed for two years by the pharma industry so that when they vote next time, they'll make no, sure No, it'll to- naturally sunset. <clears throat> it'll just disappear. The law will just be gone. But th- that, that is a big problem. You know, the lobbying and all that stuff and, and the promises. There's no real way around it because they'll just be like, look, we can't give you anything. But when you're out in two years, we'll give you a high paying job in, 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 in the company. I just, you know, it's not socialist to say the prison industrial complex. Well, actually, it's it's anti-socialist or I should say the government subsidizes private prisons, guaranteeing cost, like contracts. So you'll get a dude who is, is hooked on opiates because he was prescribed it. They get addicted where they're in extreme pain. They don't get any more. The doctor says, no, you're cut off. And they become desperate. They go through withdrawals and they could die from this. And so then they, 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 you know, they seek out non-legal methods for obtaining this to help themselves. Then they go to prison and the government says, we got no issue with that private prison system. Here's somebody to throw into the machine and we will pay you for it. And what's happening is our tax dollars are paying for a broken machine that is not helping these people, that is only incentivizing this. So I'll tell you this, that's not capitalism. That's, that's, that, that's, that's more akin to communism and socialism than capitalism. The problem is 
first of all, most conservatives don't talk about this. They don't seem to care. Private prisons is not a big issue for them. Trump wasn't, you know, interested in, in prison reform. But when the left brings it up, they're like, this is a problem of capitalism. And I'm like, what about the government taking the money from the people by force to fund these corrupt prison systems is capitalism? And, and creating absurd laws that put innocent people that didn't harm anyone behind jail, in, in jail? I mean, that absolutely makes no sense. I think a, a perfect meme that I saw that represents the larger ideas that you're trying to get across here, Tim, was a protester screaming that we need more government. And then there was a full-on riot cop with pepper spray, pepper spraying her in the face. <laughs> nice. And then the pepper spray was more government. And uh, she was getting all of it. Because, again, you look at this kind of reciprocal cycle. They create all these... Stupid laws that create victimless crimes that put people in jail when they shouldn't be there. They come out worse criminals. They, they come out destroyed. They come out without having, uh, you know, their rights. They come out without, you know, a sense of decency. They come out in a situation where they can't even probably get a job in most places. It's not always the case, but again, they create a situation that incentivizes some of the worst behavior in this world. And then we're asking ourselves, why do we have one of the largest prison populations? We wonder why. It's it's a big Donald, business and people profit off of it. Speaking of uh, victimless crimes, brother, this morning I was looking at uh, certain reports that were released from Austria showing that um, starting in February – um, people who don't take the vaccine might be incarcerated. Yep. Now, those are still preliminary. Yep. Those are still pre- preliminary reports, but we do know for sure there's going to be a four thousand dollar fine starting in February for those people who don't get vaccinated. This is mainstream news, not conspiracy at all. It's incredible. Well, it's incredible that they can exercise that much control. Like in, across Europe, you're seeing that. Like in Slovenia, the small European country, they dabbled with the, the policy that um, people who were filling up on on gas had to show their COVID certificate, otherwise they couldn't get their gas. But then there was so much backlash that they backtracked afterwards. But looking at Austria, the Czech Republic, Lithuania, and I believe Berlin, Germany as well, are considering mandatory vaccination, otherwise paying fines or even incarceration. It's crazy. In the uh, U.S. in 1905, there was a Supreme Court ruling that stated you could fine someone in your community if they don't get vaccinated. The fine was $5 at the time, the equivalent of, equivalent of about $150, but that was it. That's the argument used by many of these leftists to say, see, we've always had vax mandates. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I guess, but they were never able, my understanding is they weren't able to collect the money from him. That was the issue. He said, he's like, I ain't paying you. You can't do anything about it. So, I mean, sure, I guess you can argue you can find someone, but they can still say no. The ultimate issue was that they could try to compel you to do it, but ultimately could not force the needle into your arm. Now, the narrative from the left is like, we've always had vax mandates. What about schools? And it's like, you can choose not to go to the school. You can choose to move your kids. You can get a medical exemption or religious exemption. Now, they're outright saying, like Jim Cramer, just have the military mandate it. And in Australia, they're – look, I, I think it's fair to say the Australian press and all these people are lying through their teeth. Mm. And at this point, I would actually say that's that's, in my opinion, circumstantial evidence to suggest everything we think about what's going on in Australia is probably a lot worse than it is. They They admit – they arrest three teenagers from escaping from the quarantine facility. Okay, if that's the case, and Claire Lehman and whoever else wants to argue that they're international arrival bungalows where people like hot babes are sunbathing, but then they'll also tell us you'll be arrested if you escape, I can only assume that it's substantially worse. They're probably just flogging people in their rooms. I'm kidding, by the way. I really don't think they're doing that. But if we know they're lying about everything, why would I even just give them the benefit of the doubt in any capacity? So to me, this kind of smacks of an authoritarian government, because I remember when COVID first started, 
uh, my friend looked at the numbers and said, oh, this is coming out of China. Those numbers are 10 times what they're telling us. And I was like, yes, absolutely. So like what you're saying right now, what Australia is admitting to is going to be very much a PR mm. stunt. The fact that they're coming out and saying, oh, no, uh, you know, people aren't, you know, being forced to do this or whatever and sending all these awesome pictures of ladies in bikinis. Very strange advertising for these camps, but it's like you're hiding something. You need to fess up. And they're never going to because they'll never be held to account, which is a little bit discouraging, but at least... The fact that there's a marketing campaign with women in bikinis (laughs) in government (laughs) quarantine camps is creepier than the fact that there there wasn't. It's uh, just the uh, hashtag, apparently. Yeah. But but the fact that people are collecting these and making articles and making stories about this, justifying this bigger power grab by government and not trying to hold the government accountable, not even talking about personal responsibility is absolutely worrying. And uh, we're seeing a lot of crazy stuff happening in Europe. Greece just made the vaccine mandatory for everyone over the age of 60. It's pretty much mandatory in Italy already. It's pretty much mandatory in France, but it's not really mm. implemented because people are not going along with it. But in Italy right now, you can't board a plane. You can't board a bus. You can't board any kind of public transportation. You can't have any job, public or private, if you don't go through uh, the co- government compliance and you get their approval and you get a paper saying, hey, I'm okay with being able to you know, bow down to government. Then you could actually do all of those things, which Let, is ridiculous. Let's, uh, let's, let's bring it back from Europe and Australia here to the United States. We have the story from the Huffington Post. Excellent source of news. I'm being sarcastic, by the way. Fauci says Omicron, I'm sorry, Omnicron, may not be big deal, but U.S. should prepare for the worst. He said the COVID-19 variant was inevitable, will inevitably come to the U.S. if it's not already here and warned that it's going to have an advantage in transmissibility. It will never end. He says this is a clarion call, as far as I'm concerned, of saying, let's put aside all of these differences that we have and say, if you're not vaccinated, get vaccinated. If you're fully vaccinated, get boosted and get the children vaccinated also. What? Fauci, director of National Institute uh, NIAID, said that though there is still much that is unknown about Omicron, it's, it's actually Omicron, but we're making fun <laughs> of Joe Biden, just so you know. Vaccines offer, offer a proven level of protection. Level. They say a level of protection. Sure. But that's why he's saying get boosted because the efficacy has waned. And there, and the, as, as we already mentioned in a previous segment, the Moderna CEO says, you got, maybe got to get two. So it will likely turn into more than that. Quote, it may not be as good as protecting against initial infection, but it has a very important impact on diminishing the likelihood that you're going to get a severe outcome from it. I don't know. Ask Dan Bongino. He said he got a really bad, you know, reaction from it. And he's double vaxxed. Yeah. Well, here we go. SF Gate reports. San Francisco reports first U.S. Omicron case. <laughs> Symptoms very mild. All right. Very mild is good. But um, prepare for the worst, says Fauci. What's the worst? Well, well, I can imagine for most people, the worst would be a lockdown. Right. Yes. Destroying it's, whatever, it's whatever each person wants to imagine. It's their own terror. It's their own fear. He's putting people in a state of fear. Prepare for the worst possible thing you can think of. The mm. best fear that now the government follow. could have is the fear of the unknown. Mm. And the more kind of uh, unknown that this is, the more people's imagination plays on the, on the on the best of them, including the larger guilt trips, the emotional manipulation, the trauma-based mind control, I like to call it, is essentially what people are going through. Fauci, by the way, was also uh, joined by Obama yesterday, and they did a surprise visit at a D.C. elementary school. And they were meeting students and encouraging them to get the vaccine. 
uh, and congratulating the children I, who I, did get I vaccine. think parents should be talking to doctors. And yeah. I, I'm really what, what irks me about this is that you can't give medical advice on YouTube. Joe Rogan gets slammed in the media for, for saying, saying his opinion on what he received. Joe Rogan does there's a video where he's like, here's the things I got. And they're like, Bleh. and then I do a video. I'm like, here's what I got. Here's my thoughts. I'm like, Bleh. and then they can come out and say, oh, yeah, we want to encourage you to take all of this stuff. We don't know your medical history or not, but we're going to encourage dr- this particular treatment for you. I'm like, no, 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 no. We don't play that game. You don't get to argue that you get to advertise your preferred medical assessment, you know, treatment. And then everyone else who might bring up their opinion on it gets banned. Mm. End of the day. Anybody who just blindly goes for any medical procedure without consulting a medical professional they trust and perhaps even getting a second opinion is making a mistake in my mm. opinion. Did you uh, see what Bill de Blasio was saying to encourage kids to get vaccinated a couple months ago? I think a hundred bucks. Yeah, a hundred bucks. And he was saying you can buy a lot of candy with it. You can buy lots. Oh my this is such a creepy way. That's look, look, yeah. with, with, by the way, with kids. Sorry, you want to go ahead? No, no, I, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna come down right to it and say I don't. I, I'm. I, we need to. We need to stick to the freedom argument, personal liberty, individual choice, because what's happening is, man, we're just slowly being pulled further and further into into the mandates will happen no matter what, because what happens is every day the media comes out with a new sensational fear mongering story, a new thing that gets everybody who opposes the mandates arguing about that. We are being dragged leftward. And more it's, commercials yeah. about the drugs. That's something I'm thinking I, about. A I'm lot. worried most about young people right now mm. with the vaccine, with mandating it. And I mentioned the 44,000 kids in LA. They're going to start mandating it in more and more schools. More and more kids are going to be kicked out and pushed to online learning where they're not going to have those real interactions that promote growth and in all sorts of ways. But I, I've interviewed several experts about vaccinating young people, including Dr. Jay Bhattacharya at Stanford, um, Martin Kulderoff at Harvard, Harvard, multiple doctors, and they say that the myocarditis signal in young people is especially concerning. According to CDC data, I gave Lydia the link also in the email. Um, in, the, in the email, um, But according to CDC data, the risk is about 1 in 5,000 um, for uh, young men, specifically in between the ages of like 12 to 20. Um, and so vaccinating, so 1 in 5,000 may seem like a small risk, but once you multiply that by millions of doses, then that adds up. And then you have, and by, this is no exaggeration, in my own city in Chilliwack, I've heard of three cases of young boys who after the vaccine had an, a, a seriously adverse reaction and were in the hospital because of cardiac arrest due to the vaccine. Mm. I'm not saying don't get the vaccine for your kid. Doctors, you know, that I trust say if your kid has obesity, you know, you should consider it or they, if they have cancer. Underlying and, conditions. And things like that. When it comes to healthy young boys, though, a one in five thousand risk is not trivial, and well, we, we shouldn't be mandating it at all. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick, so I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
I think I, I, this, this is why I want to get to again. It's like there should we shouldn't mandate anything. We shouldn't mandate chips. We shouldn't mandate vaccines. I'm not saying chips are happening. Calm down, <laughs> media. But we have this story from the New York Times we, we briefly showed. The FDA is assessing whether the Moderna vaccine can cause heart problems in adolescents. Mm. They say the FDA is reviewing reports suggesting the coronavirus vaccine made by Moderna can cause heart problems in some adolescents, the company said on Sunday. This is not conspiracy. This is literally Moderna saying we have these reports. The FDA needs to review this. Moderna requested authorization from the FDA for its use in the vaccine from children, age, children ages 12 to 17 in June. The adolescents would receive 100 micrograms of the vaccine, the same dose given to adults 18 and above. But the agency has not yet made a ruling on the application, prompting speculation about reasons for the delay. In a statement on Sunday, Moderna said the FDA requires additional time to evaluate recent international analyses of the risk of myocarditis after vaccination. Okay, so if Fauci and and Obama want to go to kids and say, go do this. And the FDA is literally like, we're going to review these reports, international reports about myocarditis. It is extremely irresponsible. And this is what pisses me off. I'm not going to recommend anything to anybody, but I certainly think it's fair to point out the New York Times has reported this. This is a month ago. They reported this and the FDA is going to be evaluating these claims and these claims exist. Now, by all means, when you talk to your doctor, Show them this and make sure you get sound advice. And if you don't trust your doctor, get a better doctor. Mm. But the idea that politicians are going to go out and advise people on medical procedures to me is just insane. Mm. And more importantly, as an expert on freedom, I don't care what you want to mandate. Freedom. There you go. Mm. I have a right to my body, my autonomy. And we just had the Supreme Court. We probably should have highlighted this. Supreme Court's basically ending Roe v. Wade. This is the official narrative across the board from left-wing journalists to establishment corporate press that come June, Roe v. Wade will be done. And we'll talk about that in a second. And my attitude is, look, I don't like abortion used as contraception. I don't like the idea in any capacity that a life is being destroyed but I err on the side of the government ain't got no business in my medical decisions or others. And that means if somebody has a legitimate reason they have to undergo an abortion, I don't think they should have a certificate filled out or have to get approval from the government for, for a medical procedure their doctor recommends. But it should be through a private doctor. That being said, I feel the exact same way about all the mandates. What pisses me off is that we don't have that consistency among the left. Mm. When the right came out and said, OK, my body, my choice, they said, you're liars. We don't believe you. Yeah, also quickly, I want to say about the myocarditis risk. One of the interesting things is that the science doesn't change in terms of risk of myocarditis from country to country, yet the policy is completely different. Hmm. So in the U.S. and in Canada, you have the um, – well, in Canada specifically, you have the policy where uh, young people over the age of 12 in B.C. and in Ontario have to be vaccinated. Otherwise, they can't go and exercise to a gym. They can't go to a bar, restaurants, etc., um, and and from starting yesterday, you can't leave Canada because of the vaccine mandates. Oh. Um, but in other countries uh, with young people, what they've done is in many cases, they've suspended the Moderna vaccine because of the higher rates of myocarditis, as that piece yeah. was, was pointing out, by I the way. I think I actually uh, I have this here. This Sweden, is, um, Denmark, Finland, a number of other countries have October, paused Moderna. October 8th, CNBC, Nordic countries are restricting the use of Moderna's COVID vaccine. The decision to limit the use of Moderna vaccine centers around concerns it could be linked to cases of myocarditis. So this is Moderna recognizes it. Yep. The FDA is looking into it. Nordic countries. This is this is all fact and very. Yep. You also, know. also they're finding that myocarditis is concentrated after the second dose in young men, not with the first as much. And because of that, countries like Hong Kong and the UK are only recommending one dose to young people. So think about that. Other countries 
who have their own legitimate health authorities are saying, young people, get one dose, okay? But countries like Canada, you have to get two doses, otherwise you can't go to the gym in LA. If you're a young person, you have to get two doses, otherwise you're going to be kicked out of in-school learning. That's crazy. It's the same fucking science, but totally different public policies. Sorry, was I... No, oh, whatever, man. They whatever. do that with AIDS. We, 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 you were talking about a puck, right? Yeah, like yeah. in I Canada, was, they have, have they pucks. pucks. Yeah. AIDS, that's how <laughs> AIDS is too. They'll, they can measure um, HIV, but then every country has, kind of has a different response to that, and they, well, that's, that's what their AIDS thing. If you have pneumonia in a certain country yeah. and you have a high T cell count, that's considered AIDS. It shows why in it's, another country. it's political. It's politicized, right? It's the the science is not just one thing. You can base policies off of this you know, science that's growing. By the way. I like how the the left like they view science as a very religious kind of system. Like yeah. science is supposed to be, you know, constantly evolving and updating as you see new information. Like this whole myocarditis risk was not known when the vaccines were initially released, right? But then we saw data from Israel coming out and Alex Berenson was talking about this and other people and they're like, "No, no, that's conspiracy. Like heart inflammation, come on. That's at, total at, bullshit." At, but then more and more information came out, more and more studies. There's also stuff happening with menstrual bleeding in women after the vaccine. Um, I don't know about that stuff though. I looked into that. I didn't. I didn't find I, anything on that. Well, yeah, I know. Um, I sent Lydia a link. Lydia, if you want to look at that, the, the that the, was Mister Blooding. There, but I, I, can I, I say something about that issue specifically? Yeah. So, a friend of mine in July, um, she's uh, seventeen or eighteen. She said her she had this horrible menstrual bleeding after the vaccine, and I told her it's probably not the vaccine. Like, come on, it's probably something else, right? And then another young female friend told me, and then I heard about it from another one, and then I started asking around. And I, I kid you not, almost everywhere I asked among young females. That's under, a weird thing under to the, ask women, bro. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I know, I know. Quirks um, of being a reporter. Yeah. <laughs> but, Man, but, I'm reporting. How was your last cycle? <laughs> but I've heard of at least 20 young girls, like girls who tell me like, yeah, all my friends, they had the same reaction, which is like crazy. And um, the NIH um, is actually funding research right now into looking at this specific risk with menstrual bleeding in women. Here's and then also the Guardian and the New York Times have reported this that in in the UK in their adverse reporting system they were inundated with reports of uh, young women having this menstrual bleeding issue. So it is a real thing that is being investigated. Therefore, another reason why you mandates are stupid and we and should rushing be, vaccines we, have yeah. a risk. We always have to make sure we consider what I refer to as the scaling problem. That as a system grows larger, the tolerance for error grows smaller. So if you give out 100 vaccines and one person has an adverse reaction, nobody cares. Oh, I heard Jim had a weird reaction. Oh, just Jim, huh? No problem. But that's 1%. You give out 100 million vaccines and now you have a million people all talking about these stories and everyone's like, what's happening? A million people had this same percentage of error. As the system grows larger, our tolerance for error diminishes, you know, proportionally. So what may be happening is that a lot of people are like, look at VAERS. The numbers are through the roof for adverse events. And I'm like, yeah, we also haven't had mass scale vaccinations globally or in the, in the country like this, too. So make sure you're looking at margins and not hard numbers. It would be like looking at New York City and being like, wow, they had 10,000 muggings. That's the highest in the nation. And then being like. Yeah, but per 100,000 people, they have substantially less muggings. New York's got like 10 million people in the metro. Then you can look at these like small towns where per capita they have like 50 muggings. Like in West Virginia, they have seriously high crime, but very low population. So you'll get like 50 stories about muggings and you won't think twice about it. And then in New York, you have everyone you know has been mugged. It makes you think yeah. it's worse than it really is. So it's, I'm, it's important I'm, to look at the the, 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 uh, the denominator, especially exactly. not just the numerator. When it I comes am to, I am not saying yeah. ignore the data. I'm not saying ignore this. I'm saying literally take all of this, 
do research. Seriously, ignore yeah. the mainstream media when they're like, don't yeah. do your own research. No, 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 do your own research. Make sure you have have trust in yourself and your knowledge. Bring it to a doctor. You don't trust them. You get a second opinion, but make sure you know what you're putting in your body. Because I'll tell you this. If you just go to someone and say, tell me what to do, and I don't care, I'm not going to think twice, I think it's a bad idea. I think you have a responsibility for your health, and I also think you have a responsibility to seek out experts, which is your medical professionals, and find someone you trust. But it's a combination of things, man. And all the liability is on you here. Um, The people who produced it, the people who forced you to take it, your business, your boss, your government is not responsible. They have no liability here at all if something goes wrong. And there have been stories of a lot of people who've had problems and again uh you know correlation does not prove causation we need to be intellectually honest here uh there's a lot of things that are still unknown here but a lot of people who had complications were left with huge medical bills because they had to pay for all the problems and consequences that led up to this decision that was essentially forced onto them and when that happens you're making the decision that you're going to be responsible for no matter what happens and no one's going to bail you out all right Now we're going to get into the portion of the show that I saved for near the end because I knew it would consume probably the rest of the show would be like whenever we talk about Roe v. Wade or abortion, it like turns into this major long conversation. And so I was like, if we open with this, it's going to be an hour of debating abortion. (laughs) So I don't know. Maybe we should have. It's the bigger news here. But um, ladies and gentlemen, from CNBC, Supreme Court conservatives look ready to gut Roe v. Wade during arguments in Mississippi abortion case. It was today. Mississippi wants to ban abortions after 15 weeks. And the Supreme Court heard oral arguments. And boy, did the left have almost no argument. Uh, look, you guys know me. I'm pro-choice. I am not pro-abortion. The modern left, in my opinion, is pro-abortion, not pro-choice. And pro-choice is few and far between if it exists at all. I think the pro-choice individuals have more in common with pro-lifers, but they do disagree. I heard some of the arguments. You could listen to it. Uh, Chief Justice Roberts made excellent points, and he did compare the U.S. to other countries, and he still made good points. The left seemingly had no real argument, and it got to the point where a reporter from Slate tweeted, the, arg- the arguments are in. The Supreme Court will overturn Roe v. Wade in June 2022. He then deleted the tweet and said, too many people thought it was a statement of fact. He's like, what I'm saying is it's a prediction. These are leftist reporters. The NBC News tweeted, it appears the conservatives are going to repeal something. I'm paraphrasing, repeal or or strike down Roe v. Wade. There are 12 states with what's called trigger laws, which means as soon as Roe v. Wade is overturned, they instantly go into effect. They've already been passed and abortion will be immediately banned. It is believed that many more states will then ban abortion, and you will have blue states that allow it, red states that don't. The this Supreme, I'm going to try to say it again. We don't know what's going to happen. It might not. But based on what these the justices were arguing, Kavanaugh, man, he hit it out of the park, and I have to agree with him. He said, you have, like he based, I'll paraphrase, he was like, you haven't presented an argument as to why this is a an issue for the Supreme Court. Yeah. This sounds like something Congress needs to address. And I'm like, he's right. The Supreme Court shouldn't be deciding whether something is banned or not banned. Congress needs to pass laws legislating the stuff on that alone. And also listening to the argument from the um, Solicitor General, who is like defending uh, um, Roe v. Wade. She was just saying like the right to abortion is in the 14th Amendment. And 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 I think it was um, Clarence Thomas who was like, what? What? <laughs> 
<laughs> I can read the Second Amendment that says something. I I can't. I don't know what where what you're getting at with that. So so yeah, this uh this seems like the end. I know Luke is Luke was celebrating earlier. Is I don't it? know about that. <laughs> I, I saw some weird videos on uh, Twitter today of of women taking uh, I think it was abortion pills, claiming to yeah, claiming to or doing it. I don't know, but. It, it it's such a complicated debate. There's so much emotion involved in this. It, it's and and I don't think people celebrating abortions is is something that is tasteful to say the least. It, it's something that was very concerning to see. And you know, there's there's different uh, aspects. There's different places where you could be on the spectrum here. Where, and there's where? A, and there's of course people arguing that if you do take an abortion, you are killing killing a life. And therefore, you are trampling on somebody else's life. So that's where the argument gets complicated. All right, Luke. All right. So what's what's your position? Uh, I need. I I honestly want to do more research into this. I don't want to make uh, a, a conclusion because it, it's a question that's very difficult to answer. And not having done enough research on it, I don't feel well versed to espouse any opinions on it. So, to be completely so, uh, honest with you. So what you're saying is that you're sitting back <laughs> as babies are being murdered, and you're okay with that? There's a nice yes. fence that that I see here, <laughs> no, and it's no, it's, no, no, no. it's nice to sit on some fences sometimes. I don't. There's no but, fence but, here. But, but, being, but being honest here, you, you know, there's things that I believe personally, and there's things I believe the government should be involved in. Um, I don't think the government should be involved in in anything. But people are arguing that when you're committing an abortion, you are killing another individual. That, and, well, and that argument is compelling to a lot of people. And I, I think it should be an argument that should be talked about more. Well, I, I think cutoff time is important. Mm-hmm. Like after how many weeks? And I remain hesitantly pro-choice on this issue. Uh, I, I don't really publicly share my opinions on this like Luke here. Um, <laughs> um, but but I think um, I think it's, uh, what is it, 12 weeks for when the baby has a heartbeat, I believe. Th- that seems to be potentially a logical cutoff like after 12 weeks then potentially maybe we shouldn't be able to or maybe a bit after that i don't know but it's it's a matter of having a reasonable cutoff point which, which I, we can know, debate about I, I know luke's trying to uh, be careful here but the reason is is you know before the show he actually confirmed to me he's pro-death <gasps> oh, not wow. actually okay. pro-life at all he's nice. <laughs> he's like send them all to the camps to the good looks. uh there's no there's no there's no fence on this issue, it's one of the hardest issues it is. ethically. Yeah. But I was, I was, you know, reading a lot about Roe v. Wade and um, the initial rulings. Basically, the idea is, oh man, it's insanely complicated. You can't. Uh, what they're saying is, they don't want you to be able to abort after the fetus is viable, because at that point you're dealing with a self-sustaining, independent life. Mm. Before that, the baby is not able to live outside. So, so um, how many weeks are we talking? 24, 2024 uh, okay. on. And, and I, I guess initially during the initial arguments on Roe v. Wade, it was like 26 and beyond was viable. And now with medical technology, it's, it's gone on 24. Yeah. And so, you know, pro-lifers are basically like don't abort for any reason. And what's happening now in Mississippi is they're saying after 15 weeks, you can't get an abortion. John Roberts was talking to uh, um, her name. Um, what's her name? I can't remember her name. The Solicitor General. And he was like, if you're talking about the issue of choice, I don't understand how 15 weeks is not adequate time to make a choice. And she did not have an argument. Mm-hmm. And he brought up European countries. He said in many European countries, they have, you know, less time than we do. And then she lied and said, no, they, they uh, allow abortion up to the point of, um, 
uh, uh, viability. That's not true. And yeah. it's not true at all. Yeah, no, no, Europe no. is actually very strict. I think yes. 12 weeks Much in more Europe. so than yeah. the US. Why have they chosen the 15, by the way, here? What's what's the rationale behind 15? That's the heartbeat, right? It's yeah, I think so. 15 think is so. around the time. 15, 16 is around the time oh, of heartbeat. Yeah. I thought it was 12 for heartbeat. but Maybe. Maybe, maybe you're, right. Maybe you're I, right. I think it's also important for people to distinguish what they believe personally and what would they rather have the government do. Personally, I'm not a fan of government. Uh, but personally, if I had a situation where, you know, I was potentially having a child, I would do everything in my power to have that child and I would do everything to make sure that there wasn't an abortion. Um, personally, speaking from my own personal perspective, so that's what I would do. There's an interesting argument in this whole debate that, that basically came up and it's, if a woman is pregnant with a baby and the baby is not able to sustain itself, then... I don't think it's it's the state's right to determine that someone has to share their body with someone else. But the issue for me is if someone has to if a woman has to go to a doctor and the doctor says something like, look, you've got this, you know, problem. It's a serious health issue and it could kill both of you. And we're worried about this. Understanding the argument, because I've talked to Seamus uh, from Freedom Tombs a, a lot about this a lot. He's like, doctors can be wrong about that and often will we'll pressure towards abortion. But um, aside, that, that argument aside. If this woman has has a, has an art, uh, uh, a serious medical issue, it's traumatizing. It's it's serious. I don't like the idea that she goes to the government and seeks out approval or paperwork. However, if we're at a certain point where, on average, the baby is viable, you are now asking to terminate a sustainable life form. You you are now saying to the government, "I would like to kill this this life." Okay, at that point, I think it's even absurd that you can go to the government request mm-hmm. termination of someone else. If the baby can live outside the womb, then I don't understand why. We don't just say, okay, well, we're going to take the baby out of the womb and let it live. Well, what's, yeah. what is life? I mean, just lay there in a, in a cradle until it starves to death, or are we having someone take no, care they, of it? No, they, they put it in like, the premature baby incubation. Someone's got to feed it and like take and, care of it. Someone's got to start mothering it immediately when it's removed from the womb. These are tough moral questions, Ian. What's the alternative? Yeah. We well, say we have this baby. We, we have a, let's say you have a nine month, a, a full term baby fresh out of, out of the, the womb. And then, and then you're like, well, who's going to feed it? Yeah. I won't. So what well, do you do? No, well, there's also there's also a lot of people who can't have children and wish they can have yes, children and they yes. wish they could adopt, but our yeah. adopting our adoption system is absolutely crazy to the point where many Americans are literally going to China and Russia in order to get babies there because the process is so much easier and simpler to do it over there than to jump through all the government hoops here in the United States that actively intervenes and and you know some would argue prevents people from being able to adopt children here in the United mm. States. So there's also arguments for that as well um it, and again this is a very difficult discussion a lot of emotion here um you know life it, you know how, how does it begin i mean life that's begins a, a conception that's End of story life is pretty you know precious in, in my opinion and so should be preserved at, at 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 all costs i'm, I'm not i'm I, this is a very sensitive issue and we already got a super chat where they're like long story short tim's hypocritical or chip hypocritical for opposing the death penalty but for for being pro-choice i am pro-abortion Right. I think killing is wrong. I think using abortion as contraception is disgusting. The problem is saying to the government, you have a right to to be in the doctor's room with pers- with a person to demand their papers. I don't think it should be effect- allowed for, for, for vaccines. I don't think it should be allowed for when you have to go to a doctor and you say, yo, my life sucks. I have this serious problem. And I, and, and I think about the challenge here in that there are a lot of women who are crying saying, please, please save my baby. And the doctor is saying, ma'am, I can't. It's ectopic. It's not going to work. And then he's like, now, in order to save you, fill out this government form and go talk to your local politician about why this is what you need to do. I don't like the idea of the government being involved in that. I certainly 
certainly despise to a great degree that people abuse the system to be like, eh, accidentally got pregnant. Instead of using birth control, I'll just kill it. That's screwed up. That's bad and wrong. And then I sit there like with my head shaking, like, how do you reconcile this? I cannot entertain the idea of the government being given authority over our bodies and and having a right to be in these medical rooms. There is an interesting argument, though, about the, the time duration. This is a, There's no middle ground here. This is the challenge here. I think killing is wrong. I think there are certain circumstances where you have to, and it's unfortunate. Kyle Rittenhouse shouldn't have had to kill the people he did, but he was defending himself. And I don't think he should go to prison for it. And I wish those people didn't lose their lives, no matter how awful they are. Sometimes you have no choice. If there is a woman who has a serious medical issue, a legitimate one, I'm not talking about stupid lies or arguments or whatever. I'm talking about legitimate, like, yo, the heart is busted up and it's not going to survive and it might kill you too. And the mother is crying, begging for help, saying, please don't let this be true. And now she's got to go to the government for approval. Man, screw that. I'm not all about that. I I think that's ridiculous that Kyle Rittenhouse had to justify to a court with a threat of life in prison because he was simply trying to save his own life. And I view the the, the, the issue... very similarly when it comes to legitimate arguments from women who are dealing with this stuff. It is very, very difficult to reconcile. I can fully admit, hands down, Michelle Wolf and Lena Dunham, these people sicken me when they're celebrating this stuff and cheering for it. And women are standing outside of courtrooms taking pills, mocking it. But the problem is, you know, I'll tell you this. It's not, it's not a problem. I'll tell you, it's really simple. A pro-choice position is is ridiculously close to the pro-lifers. Mm-hmm. They're both saying, man, we really hate this. And the pro-lifers are like, well, we don't want there to be any excuse for why they're going to get away with doing this. And many of the pro-choicers, the legitimate ones are like, man, but getting the government involved. And then you have the pro-abortion people, which mm-hmm. is the modern mainstream left, and they're celebrating this trash. So look, I don't want the death penalty. I don't want abortions. I recognize sometimes people die. I recognize sometimes there are abortions. I don't have all the answers morally, but I just don't like the government getting involved in people's business. Yeah, I think also, to add to your point, I think you're absolutely right. And it's important to look at costs and benefits for when implementing a policy. You can't just look at the benefits and the costs, or sorry, just the benefits or the costs. Like When it came to COVID, people were all about lockdowns, lockdowns, but and obviously they save lives. That's true when it comes to covid but when it comes to the economy then it's totally different calculation so in this case you know allowing you know being pro-choice doesn't mean that you're pro-abortion it's just that you think that uh, government mandates and government power in this case is more dangerous than certain people abusing that choice so you're looking at the cost and deeming that to be more dangerous than the benefit there's an interesting um potential argument here as well what if there was no government involvement in any abortion, but the doctor did have to have a legitimate reason. How about that? That's a good idea. Well, you know, there's there's different spectrums here, and I think one of the worst ones was what happened when a lot of very powerful eugenicists in the United States implemented a one-child policy in the United States and had a situation where the government there was forcing people to have abortions because they didn't want them to have more than one child. So that's the, the inverse of a situation where the government got involved in abortions but made it mandatory for almost everyone to take it if they wanted to have a second child. There's also a lot of very dark history when it comes to Margaret Sanger, Planned uh, uh, Planned Parenthood, how it started, a lot of letters by Margaret Sanger that are absolutely troubling, that are absolutely worrying. And when you really delve into a lot of 
government intervening in this specific realm. I think it highlights a very sinister, dark past that is worth conversing and understanding before kind of jumping into uh, the, this position because I think it does play into the government's role here. These are these, this, this is such an impossible it know, is. moral conundrum. It is. Yeah. I mean, let's let's imagine a rape victim. Someone who was not irresponsible, someone who dot, did not make that choice, who is now being told by the government, you are, you are obligated to share your body and blood. Your bodily autonomy is hereby revoked. You are now, you know, to, to provide for this other life. If the girl wants to kill the baby, she's going to kill the baby, whether the government tells her it's legal or not. We've had, I've heard anecdotal stories of people going to like back alleys to get these black dark abortions under the table illegally and like, she gets hurt during the the thing because it's not done on the on the up and up. She takes some sort of injury. Like you're not going to stop it. It's been going on since the dawn of humanity, whether we've been destroying babies that aren't viable. Like they come out and they have their crippled or something, and they they would kill the baby and then the Spartans, man. Yeah, yeah, they would just like leave it in the woods, right, and see if it survived. Huh. To Lots play devil's advocate on that argument, though, like that. Um, from what I have read, the the mm-hmm. rape cases are only about one percent. Yes. Cases for abortion. So some people say that you shouldn't base policy based on the 1% of cases. I don't think rape is an excuse for killing a baby, for terminating the life. Mm. I think the problem, though, is there's a lot of very serious philosophical arguments about responsibility and choice. A lot of people immediately go to, how could you be against the death penalty but for abortion? It's like there's completely different philosophical arguments there. I, I think you're mansplaining too much, Tim. What about the guys who who get pregnant? And uh, what does the what, what does the woman here think about this debate, Linda? Oh boy, Luke, uh, you uh, you triggered a, a firestorm here because I've been sitting listening and I've been thinking how wonderful it is that I've been able to maintain my silence as long as I have. <laughs> this is like my hill to die on. This is what I really care about. You're correct that a vanishingly small number of abortions are in fact committed because they are a result of rape or incest. I use numbers from the Guttmacher Institute, which is what uh, Planned Parenthood uses for their numbers. So they err on the side of maybe trying to pump those numbers up to kind of support uh, the idea that abortion is actually medically necessary. And I agree with Tim because I know people who are the result of rape and they are wonderful people. They were adopted by people who care very much about them. And of course, they would much rather be alive than be dead. And and, and that's why I said, right. I think the conservatives who argue the rape or incest exemption, I don't understand that at all. Yeah. I, I don't see how it's the baby's fault that they were conceived through rape. However, there's an, there's an issue of someone being forced to share their body with someone else. So if the government came to me right now and said, we're going to hook up your blood to Ian because Ian needs your blood to live, I'd be like, hell no. Right. And they'd be like, well, you should have been more responsible. I, I didn't choose that. Right. So that's the, the personal autonomy problem. Further, the problem arises that, yeah, 1% is, you know, but, and so I, I think it's 99, isn't it like 99% of abortions are no reason given? Elective. Yeah. Either no reason given or elective. I think, yeah. I think, I think it's, I think abortion as contraception is wrong. But I don't know how you deal with it then when someone can walk in there and be like, rape. Yeah. Mm. And then what do you do to the actual rape victims who are like, you can't force me to share my body with somebody else. I didn't Mm. choose this. I don't have the answers, man. I'm just like. I think think one of the most compelling arguments on the pro-life side is what Luke was alluding to earlier. Um, And I've looked at the data on this, that there is actually higher need for adoption than there is actual supply. For when it comes to very young children, I believe that changes for... For kids yeah. after the age of like six, like there's an abundance of kids in foster care homes who aren't able to find parents to adopt them. But when it comes to really young infants, from what I understand, there's a huge, huge 
need, but it's not met with, with the same level of supply. So arguably you could say that we should, um, you know, have pro-life policy and let people give birth to kids and give it off to adoption because there are so many parents, gay couples also, who are looking to adopt. And it's very, very hard because there's a very, very low supply. I do think that uh, one of the things that we could do to help solve the problem of abortion is to reform the adoption system, um, make it simpler. So one of the problems with Roe v. Wade is that it never should have been legislated at the federal level because what they found was that abortion was becoming more socially acceptable before they passed Roe v. Wade. If they had gone state to state and said, do you guys want abortion? And each individual state had used their 10th Amendment rights to say, we do want it. We don't want it because this is not, in fact, a uh, duty left to the federal government by the Constitution, thereby meaning it should be left to the state. There are no emanations and penumbras in the 14th Amendment that say that a woman should be allowed to remove her child's body from her body by force necessary. So I think that um, we are you're correct that it is very nuanced and I hate to see leftists being so insane, but I thank them for making my case for me because no one can look at these women standing on the steps of this building taking these abortion pills and just shouting their abortion it's phil phil abanti uh, from all their yeah. remains tweeted that if there's one issue that's going to push moderates to the conservatives it's the issue of abortion Correct. because the leftist argument on all this stuff is like i mean it's evil it is it it is absolute it is, it is amoral it is yeah. unethical it is it is evil they don't treat life with value right. and look i get it when they talk about moral relativism, oh, yeah, I think it's a real thing. And I think when you have a bunch of people who lack a moral framework, they have no problem literally killing, burning down buildings and celebrating it. And we've seen that with the riots all throughout last year. 25 directly dead as a result of the George Floyd riots and not an ounce of remorse. In fact, they still celebrate it. When, uh, when, um, what was it Aaron Danielson? That was his name? The guy in Portland who took two to the chest? Mm, yeah. They mm. cheered yep. for it. Yeah. When uh, what what happened after Charlottesville? Everyone on the right mourned and said this is terrible. Right. We're, we're 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 shocked by this. It's because you look at the moral foundations of these people and they don't have any. We talk about you know care and fairness. No, whatever the, the moderate modern leftists are, they are just a chaotic, destructive force. They have no principles. There is no logic. I'm not talking about literally everyone on the left. I'm talking about the weird cultist woke whatever cheering for death, taking abortion pills, celebrating the stuff. That's just amoral outright. And to me, overtly evil. My issue is just like, wow, I'm trying to be good. I'm trying to respect everybody. But boy, is it hard when you have a woman who is an autonomous life form with rights and a baby who is an autonomous life form with rights. And how do we reconcile that with what the government gets to do? Ben Shapiro, brilliant argument that if there's one thing the state does do, it's protect life. In which case, when it comes to the issue of a, a, a child, a baby, which and life does begin at conception, any any other argument otherwise is a ridiculous political argument, uh, then the government should be involved in whether or not life is terminated. Now, I want to address that one very, very seriously, because look, when when the sperm and the egg come together, you get unique DNA. And from that point on, there is a unique set of DNA that is new life. The new life is now created. When we had Vosh on the show, he was talking with Charlie Kirk, and he was asked, when does he think life life starts? He was like, uh, birth? And I'm like, so if the baby is not born from the woman, it's like not alive? But you can you can have a baby at eight months be removed via C-section, and it's, and it's alive and, and self-sustaining. Why is birth the point? What does traveling through the vagina and the vulva have to do with whether or not this baby is literally living? Right. I've heard from people that say three months. 
Three months is when life starts because babies can't remember anything before that. And I'm like, so people who have, you know, serious amnesia issues or short-term memory issues and can't remember things aren't alive. It's a ridiculous argument. Life begins at conception. That's, it's just, it's, it's, it's a political argument to say otherwise. Moving on from there, you have a very serious conundrum of who gets to decide when a life is, is, is terminated. I don't like the death penalty and I don't like abortion, but sure. I recognize death and abortion. You get a couple of skin cells in a, in a petri dish. It's alive. It's not a human. I think that's, when does it become a human is the, is the debate. I think if is the skin going to uh, grow and become unknown? Well, the answer is no, Ian. Yeah, you don't know. Not. It's still no. We do. Wait, what do you mean? Skin I'm not cells, talking about skin I'm talking cells. About when does the baby in in utero become a human? Like, at what point do we say it's it's alive from conception? I agree, living muscle tissue. But at what point do we acknowledge human? Is it heartbeat? Is it a brain? Three weeks, I think nine weeks, conception. twelve weeks. So, so, well, it's not really human at that point yet, though. So this is such an interesting argument because. If you watched a dog sperm meet a dog egg, would you ask the question, is that a dog? Would there there be any doubt in your mind that a little puppy would result from that union? Probably not. I don't understand why we do this with humans and not with animals. The reason I I disagree with you is that it would be like looking at a child and being like, it's not a a human because – I mean, we don't know that it'll become a mature adult who can reproduce. No, it's a zygote. If you look at a zygote, you're arguing a different stage utero, of human life doesn't mean it's well, human. You don't well, you don't know what it's going to become yet when you're looking at a, a zygote. You don't unless you know that it was a human sperm and egg or a dog sperm and egg. You don't know what it's going to turn into. So, so I, I so, think in Ian's defense, I think the differentiation you're trying to make potentially is in terms of like pain perception. Potentially, you could say, like for like at what stage does the does the mm. Maybe. You know, fetus like feel pain and it's actually different. I, I, I mean, arguably. That, then that argument is like Terry Shivo. Remember yeah, that whole yeah, thing? I do remember that. A person in a vegetative state isn't alive. Oh. What if someone's in a coma? They can't respond to, st- to stimuli. You're just like, meh, they're dead. Similar. We have, we have no idea if they'll come to. And then a week later, they wake up they're and say, still wow, alive. But, but sperm and egg versus an actual fetus that has a heartbeat, like in terms of feeling pain after you terminate it, I don't would think, be different. I, I'm saying I don't think pain is relevant to the conversation of whether mm-hmm. someone has rights. There are people who literally right. can't feel I'm pain. saying arguably in terms of suffering, if we're measuring based on suffering. But I don't think we are. Okay. Like but. if, if, if an old man is comatose, you know, guy in his sixties is comatose, he has, he has rights. And I think there's an interesting question about do we have a, are, are we obligated to give him life support? And the answer to that is probably no, but we can, and maybe it's the right thing to do. I don't think healthcare is a human right. If there's someone lying on the ground in the woods and they're comatose, you can be like, they will die. Like without assistance from someone else, they have no right to it, but we do want to save them. When it comes to uh, uh, like, so my point is that pain is not relevant to whether or not we want someone to live or they have the right to live or anything like that. Just because someone can feel pain or can suffer doesn't mean we let them die. We usually choose right. to preserve life. But obviously there is a difference, morally speaking. There is some difference there. I don't I agree. Don't in terms of how much harm you're inflicting on just a, uh, an egg and a sperm versus an actual fetus, you know, 20 weeks in. Agonist, you know, uh, obviously there's a difference. I'm not, I'm not saying that that's a big there, there, difference, there, but it, it, is, it fair, is there. It is fair to say that we treat, we, we, we do as a, as a culture treat, uh, um, fertilized eggs very, very differently than we would like a, an actual baby. If a woman, you know, has a fertilized egg and then miscarries and doesn't know what happened and just, you know, it's just flushed out of the body, no, there's no murder trial. There's no murder right. investigation. If she gives birth to a baby and then something happens and the baby dies in the crib, the cops are going to come and try and figure out what happened. So there's a certain point where the government would intervene and wouldn't intervene. That being said, 
I'm not, I think the government is doing a heck of a bad job, and that's why I don't like them. I don't like the government and the system in a lot of ways and a lot of things they do. So one of the things that I was going to add to Luke's point from earlier was that I feel like a lot of this would be resolved if we reduced the size of the government and reduced their overreach. If we kind of scaled back the involvement that they have in the adoption process, if we scaled it all the way back from telling what they, women what they can and can't do, if we left it to doctors, if we left it to mothers. Um, but I, at the end of the day, I have to say that I genuinely feel that um, this is a cultural pr- problem and we I need to fix the culture. Figured it out. What? You what? just got to pull a Trump, a big ask, right? Oh, do you yeah. guys know what the big ask is? Nice, yeah. So a, a big ask, you, you know, read, read Art of the Deal, right? That's, what it's, that's, that's Trump's book, right? Mm-hmm. And it's basically like, you know, maybe I want to sell. Uh, no, what's, what's a good example? I want to, um, I want to buy, I want to hire you to do a job. And so, what you do with the big ask is you'll say, "Okay, I'll do this job." You, you, what you really want is fifty bucks, but you know, if you start with fifty, I'm gonna negotiate down. So you say, "I want five hundred, and then I go, "Whoa, whoa, that's crazy!" And then you go, "Well, five hundred's my number," and then I say, "I can't, I can't do that." And you go, "Okay, fine." What if we do three? No, no, three's still nuts. <laughs> well, now you're getting me down a lot, bro. Will we do 250? All right, 250. The big ask is you ask for way more than you want, right. so you negotiate down to where you really want to be. It's simple. All we have to do is have someone campaign on forced abortion. Oh. That way, everyone that freaks ask. out. And I'm kidding, I'm kidding. The China policy. The China policy. Uh, <laughs> Ted Turner liked that one. Yeah. Uh, so did uh, Bill Gates's dad, who oh, was connected nice. to Planned Parenthood. Again, uh, there's so much things huh, I can talk about interesting. this. Interesting. But uh, that's not a policy that that's too absurd, Tim. That's a policy that many people have argued for. They're doing it right now yeah. in China in the Uyghur camps. Yeah. Well, these are these are you know you, you know you, everyone needs to realize because someone brought this up. They said that uh, viability is actually you know getting. Uh, like at 15 weeks, there's been a case where a child, you know, a yeah. 15 week, you know, fetus has survived. And so with modern technology, eventually abortion will be made illegal because mm. a, a, a fertilized egg will be viable in right technological settings. Think about what that means when it comes to transhumanism. These arguments are going to get crazier and crazier. We don't even, we don't even know. Cause when we talk about forced medical procedures like government mandates, I brought up uh, earlier today and I have to, it's Star Trek when <laughs> I think it was data talking to Jordy LaForge. For those that aren't familiar, Data is an android. He is physic. He is, he is he's a robot. I mean, he's superior. He's stronger. He's faster. He doesn't sleep. And Jordy has uh, cybernetic eyes. He's blind, so he has a prosthetic visor he wears that gives him enhanced vision. And he's asked, I think it's by Data. I could be. It's been a long time since I saw the episode. But he's asked, you know, are your eyes superior? to uh, uh, regular human's eyes. And he says, well, yeah. He's like, I can see x-rays, infrared. And then he says, then why is it not mandatory for all humans to have those implanted in them? And it's like, well, because people, you know, have ind- individual autonomous rights. Hmm. When we get into the policy where it's like, the the COVID vaccine is going to keep you safe and keep others safe, so you have to get it. And I'm like, yeah, so we're wearing a bulletproof vest 24-7. Are you going to mandate yeah. that? Yeah, as we develop technology, viability could become like a day. You yeah. could have an egg and a sperm meat, and they're like, we have the technology to now gestate this in a machine and then it's going to be like you citizen you are required to deposit your sperm as per government regulation like how are doing that in china they have sperm catching machines at hospitals Mm. that literally men walk up to and they have a huge population what Someone corrected me. It was Data and yeah. Picard. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. So, nice. No, this is important. Yeah. This, I'm sorry, Luke. Picard's a moral uh, judge. <laughs> it's the episode. I think it's called Make of a Man where uh, this, this, the, the, right. the philosophy of the show is brilliant. 
Data's an android, and they're trying to, they're questioning whether or not he has human rights, whether or not he has civil, he's worthy of civil rights, or he's just a washing machine, or he's mm-hmm. just a computer. And so he says to Picard, he's like, are Geordi's eyes not superior to, you know, human eyes? And he's like, well, yes. And he's like, then why is it not mandatory? Making a making important point about bodily autonomy. Interesting. I would argue that. that Chinese man sucking machines are a lot more important than this kind of nerd <laughs> talk. Personally, myself, that's what me and Ian were just talking yeah, about. You know, they have a population crisis, <laughs> and and uh, the Chinese have literally developed man sucking machines mm. that take out the sperm, and and they're they're building databases on on women and fertility in Beijing. It's absolutely crazy what's happening in China because of that one child policy that has absolutely really messed things up socially in China. Uh, but that's a whole nother topic. All right. It's a good one. Let's good one. take super chats. If you haven't already smashed that like button, subscribe to the channel and go to timcast.com, become a, become a member. We're going to have a members only segment coming up around 11 or so PM, but let's read some of these super chats. Yes. And, uh, Josh Martinez says, for goodness sake, Tim, that a single pro-life person has ever said you should have to petition the government to get an abortion. Not ever. Well, um, well, let me ask you, Lydia. How would how would 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 there ever be a circumstance in which abortion is allowed if you, uh, under your ideal system? Yeah, actually, there is. Uh, there is one instance in which abortion should be possibility. Um, and Seamus disagrees with me on this. Uh, I think, and this is what my parents thought as well. They were even way more conservative than I am. If it threatens the life of the mother, that's it. How that's how? Reason. And so, if it's illegal in all other contexts, how does the mother get that abortion performed? There's an exception. I don't know. So, but, but, so will the doctor just be like, I've decided there's an exception and we're going to do it? No, or will the doctor, doctor have to get approval from the government? Yeah. So uh, t- typically I would imagine that would be a more than one doctor would need to confirm that this is actually the case. Like she had an ectopic pregnancy. Um, and then from there on, they would be like, they would, I don't know. I don't know if they'd have to go to the government. It might be like a county or state thing where they'd need to submit a request and then go through and figure out what to do. I think it's, it's, it's entirely possible to argue it's just three separate doctors from three separate practices, yeah. you know, three independent, you know, are, are confirmed by an arbiter. An arbiter, there has to be an external party is the issue. Right. Someone else, because you could have three doctors who collude and right. be like, we'll work mm. together and just exactly. claim the same thing and no one can stop us. So you would need a third party, in which case, who appoints the third party and regulates them? My issue is I don't see a way this is this is accomplished Unless there is government regulation directly involved and right. someone working at the behest to be the arbiter. Right. I, I, do I don't think like there the needs idea. To be, I do think there needs to be some level of organization like that. And this is making me wonder if there's any other kind of procedure that they do in hospital. I know I worked in a hospital, but I didn't work in administration. So I don't know if there are other procedures that you have to ask the government if you can do something. That would be interesting to look into. I'll have to check that out. I mean, maybe it really is just the compromise of we recognize some doctors might collude, but we accept we accept it as reality. Yeah. In which case, there doesn't need to be government involvement. There just needs to be three doctors who confirm yeah. and agree but then man there's still the challenge of the individual who says this is not an issue of your responsibility or choice i'm being forced to to you know carry another life against my will i think that at the end of the day one of the nuances we need to look at is the fact that we're not going to be able to make a perfect system unfortunately and i think that's just something we're gonna have to live with unfortunately you know maybe uh maybe what we do is we just create uh ultron yeah there you go the way to bring about peace in a perfect system and to end all human strife is to end humans like, I mean. uh, like, 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 like Bender says in Futurama, yeah. you know? All humans, yeah, yeah. I think Bill Gates would agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Gates is watching Futurama and he watches Bender go, kill all humans. And he goes, <laughs> I like this guy. <laughs> the coaster guy says, bold of them to assume the military would run it well. Uh. I was vaccinated through my job in the guard. They lost my records twice and then reprimanded me for not being vaccinated. Wow. 
Wow. I love I love people who just believe that uh, the government can run things properly. <laughs> Obviously, like, they can. like the, these leftists who are like, we want universal health care. And it's like, imagine the DMV regulating your health care. It was like Kramer. It was like, we'll, we'll get the military to do it. Mm. Yeah, well, that'll, that'll, like, come on, dude. Have you seen the way they administrate stuff? He probably hasn't. <laughs> no, Have you been to the DMV? Yes, yeah, Oh, man. Known for its. Uh, you know, I got to be honest, the DMVs out here in West Virginia are pretty good. They're fast. It's not, it's Very population density too. that really, really messes things up. You get yeah. in these cities. In New York, it was a disaster. Yeah. I bought a moped. And I called and I'm like, how do I, does this have to be registered? They did yes. And I said, how do I do it? And they were like, just bring in the bill of sale, the receipt, bring it to the, any DMV will take care of you. And I went in there and not a single person understood how to deal with it. They were all confused hmm. and they were all asking each other. And then eventually they were like, we can't do it. And then I was like, then how do I ride my bike without a plate? And they were like, uh, you can't. Uh, and I'm like, well, it sounds like a you problem. And they were like, can't help you, sir. And so I was like, okay, great. Thanks, government. Now I got to deal with cops who are going to be like, I don't care why. Right. The law is the law is. So what? like basically mopeds are illegal. They're not, by the way. Yeah. How did you resolve that? I rode my bike without a license plate. Mm. Did you ever end up getting one? Uh, No. Dang. Uh, that's a guy. Breaking the law. Yeah. Well, there. so the, the problem was... I think I don't know the the exact words of the law, but it, because of the pedals, that arguably it was a gray zone, and mm. so I was like, "Look, if the DMV tells me there's no way to register it, and they can't, and it's not illegal, then I'm like, okay, then I guess I'll just ride it." So there were pedals on it, so they were like, "It's not a motorcycle." Okay. They told me they did not know how to register it and didn't think it could be done, what the heck? and thus they didn't think it was regulated under you know those laws or whatever. And I was like, "I'm pretty sure it is, and I have to do it." And they were like, well, we don't and we can't, so we think you're fine. And I was like, okay. I never got pulled over. Did it huh. smell like baby diapers in there when you were in there? No. Those the really, <laughs> the really deep inner Oddly city specific. DMVs tend to smell like baby diapers. Huh. Interesting. DeBob says, FB is allowing Rittenhouse praise and discussion. I wonder if they'll remove my rolling suspensions for sharing memes. 30 days plus 30 days plus 30 days each. Mm. Yeah, man. All right. You think that's bad? Wait till the metaverse hits. Oh boy. Oh, you know, uh, I'll briefly mention this too because someone mentioned Lauren Boebert. I think she very poorly handled the Ilhan Omar thing. I think, like, dude, you made a joke. That's it. Yeah. And like Nancy Pelosi is like, and she's screaming. I would be the worst member of Congress ever if I was ever in there because I'd make jokes all the time, and then they were like, apologize. I'd be like, ignore it. (laughs) And moving on, and they'd probably kick me out. (laughs) <laughs> they legit would kick me out. Like, I wouldn't dress up. i tell them to shove off. I don't know. I think Lauren shouldn't have apologized. I think she shouldn't have even tried. I think she should have been like, ha-ha, I told the joke. And it, it, you know, I would have woo. responded. Yeah, I know. Eric A. says, there's a clip from 10 years ago of Jim Cramer talking about things he would do to manipulate the market when he was a hedgie. Ooh. Said it required someone to enforce the rules. Felt like I had to take a shower after watching it. Ugh. You see that hedge fund billionaire who said there's going to be a civil war? No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's worth $20 billion. And oh, he boy. said in the next five years, there's a 30%, 30% chance of a civil war-like conflict in the United States. Seems higher than that, but okay. He makes his money off of predictions. Huh. Literally, his, uh, he's, he's, th- th- that's what Forbes said. He, he places investments in bets and then makes money off them. And he's one of the most successful guys doing it. And he thinks a civil war is coming. Oh, boy. What a crackpot. Yeah. The stupidest thing ever. There's no reason for people to fight. I'm going to say it. In the Civil War, the American Civil War, there was a strong moral issue. The North despised slavery. It was moral. 
The South, it was an, it was an issue strongly of convenience for them and state rights, but they didn't view it as a moral repugnancy. They were just like, hey, we, we can do what we want. People in the North were legit like, I will storm my way into your state and, and literally kill people to stop slavery. There were a lot of abolitionists who were like morally driven. The issue of abortion, let's say come June 2020, they, uh, Supreme Court overturns Roe v. Wade. All the red states ban abortion. All the blue states don't. People in the red states, for the most part, those that are pro-life, have a strong moral position. It is wrong and it must be stopped. But the pro-abortion people and many of the pro-choicers are basically just like, as a matter of convenience, I don't know. I think it should be allowed, but whatever. Mm. There's no, in my opinion, there's very few people who would storm into red states demanding abortion facilities be opened. In which case, if there is going to be, I think it's entirely possible that abortion is a is a key issue, which could trigger very serious um, civil. Conflict. I would imagine it would be government overreach for COVID regulations. Yeah. If anything was going to spark physical violent conflict, that mm-hmm. it would be like people kicking doors down, trying to inoculate, force inoculate people. Like you can't take my but guns, I, yeah. or or, or, I, or mandating like the third shot or the fourth shot yeah. to, in schools. Mm-hmm. Once we get I, to that point in a year or two years, then things could start getting really. Dystopian. A few months. I, I, I can agree to a certain extent, but I'm not convinced it'll be rolled out the way you think it will. I, I don't think they're going to go door to door and pin people down. No, yeah, no. it'd be too overt. No. Right. What's right. going to happen is they're going to, you know, they're going to create perverse incentives and, and things like that. Mm, yeah, money. But the issue of abortion is like, I mean, I, I didn't Seamus say this, that like abortion could be one day abolished like slavery and, and viewed much the same way. I say the exact same thing. It's a strong moral position. People yeah. are willing to like. It just it doesn't seem in. right to fight and kill to prevent killing. <laughs> little what, do you, what do you mean? That happened. That that's literally what war is. Every war. I ever. mean, it's one thing well, to kill the slave master and release the slave, but who are you going to kill to prevent the mother from killing the baby? The mother. No, like, you have you have facilities sense. that that. Yeah. Operate. And just so you're burn like down a bunch of buildings. They'll just do it in other buildings. We're talking about war. We're not talking about kill like, insurgency. Like who would they kill? It doesn't make sense though. Ian. To fight to stop abortion, who, who, like how, how do you how do you fight to stop slavery? I mean, what would you do? Like burn a farm down? Yes, Basically, Sherman yeah. literally did march to the sea, burning they had down to remove cities the and slave farms. owners from power. So how? So exactly. So you want to stop abortion? What would people do? They would target doctors and facilities and destroy them. And of Jeez. course, people slaves still exist in the Civil War. They had to send the, the the Union soldiers down to Texas, and that's what Juneteenth was about. It took like three years to finally, like, hey, you're not supposed to be doing this. They still did. I'm saying. It, I'm not saying it's right or wrong or whatever your opinion is. I'm just saying the pro-life people have a strong moral position. They say this must be not allowed. And the people who are on the side of pro-choice and pro-life, I'm sorry, pro-choice uh, pro and pro-abortion are not that morally convicted mm, to yeah. it. That's for sure. Right. It's just, it's just a matter of priorities. I think freedom or safety or life, other people, like people have different values. And so they have different decisions on these complex issues. I'd like to hear from someone that experienced the Roe versus Wade phenomenon was went well, through it as a female mm. let's uh yeah, let's, that would be interesting let's read some more we got bugger off he says what do we call it when someone tries to force something inside of someone else by even by coercion hmm. the harvey weinstein insertion <laughs> uh, <laughs> forceful insertion we call That's it an international arrival bungalow uh, oh <laughs> tara uh, uh tara ann simmons says isn't this all a part of the great reset mm. i believe so Seems like it. Yeah, I think Absolutely. we're. The, I think they're doing the rat experiment on us, and I mean that somewhat facetiously. I just think. Um, no, no, they are. I don't, I don't know if it's as, as intentional as I, I think. It, it's. 
I really don't believe there's a grand nucleus controlling everything. Like, yeah. a, you know, cont- yeah. but I believe we, for the circumstances we're in will result in the same out- outcome. I, I don't know if it's relevant to be like, here's who I think is doing something. It's happening regardless. We're under lockdown. We all freak out. Everyone loses their minds. They lift the lockdown. Everyone goes, oh, thank heavens. And now they're like, lockdown again, but this time 10 times longer. And people are going to be like, ooh, we'll get out of it soon. I love the, you know, the South Park episode. I didn't see it. Have you guys seen it? I saw part of it tonight. It's like, I did. Yeah. It, it, it pretty much pokes fun at the Great amazing. Reset. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like, incredible. It's like they're all adults. And children children taken over by VR. There's like Chinese symbols everywhere. <laughs> There's people like eating <laughs> bugs. Meat yeah. is banned. I love that South Park special. It was That's good. good. One, yeah. And they were, and it was like 40 years later and COVID finally ends. Yeah. No, no, no. Finally, finally, just finally stops being relevant and everyone's uh, adults. All the, oh, nice. you know, all the four main children characters are all old and, uh, Cartman is, um, uh, w- w- he's, he's a rabbi. Right. Oh, yeah, okay. it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Kyle's a rabbi? Yeah. No, great. no, not Kyle. Cartman. Uh, Cartman. Yeah. Cartman's a <laughs> yeah, rabbi. Yeah, he yeah. is. Yeah. All right. Amazing. I'll definitely watch that. Amazing. You have to. All right. Let's see. Mark Sermon says, true journalism criteria. All sources are linked. No ads beyond self-promotion based on primary sources, not other articles, tweets, etc. I think that's that's uh, um, high tier. Yeah. I think you can do journalism, but I do think sources should be linked. I think ads are fine, to be completely honest. And I think basing on primary sources is, I would say, 9 out of 10. 9 out of 10. Um, there may be some circumstances where you have uh, additional input, but 99 Point nine percent of the time, I think primary sources, mm. and I, and that's because I, I don't want to be completely absolute, but all sources should always be linked. And the challenge there is when you have unnamed sources. I'm not a big fan. I'm not a big fan. But if you have the trust, I guess I've had unnamed sources before, so mm. it is what it is. Truna on a shop at a pressure. Better calf care says my lifelong Republican dad called me an anti-vaxxer today. Today was a huge black pill. Rip American freedom. Mm. Yeah, there was that. There's a clip from that uh, Gunner guy, Michael Gunner in North Northern Territories, who's like, if you oppose vaccine mandates, you're anti-vax. Absolutely. And I will not. And I'm like, man, that guy is insane. Well, yeah. the, 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 the most um, scary thing about that is that he is right technically as per the new de- dictionary definition yeah. is that anti-vaxxer now means being against mandates or giving aid comfort or support to people who yeah. are anti uh, anti-lockdown yeah if you look that, at the actual yeah. like polls by the way like uh, americans who are actually anti-vax it's like five percent or eight percent it's very very small but now you're going to have like a much bigger group of now anti-vax like 20 30 percent or whatever it is that actually oppose mandates or maybe more than that Ben D says, you hear Baldwin says he never pulled the trigger. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Should we talk about that? We talked about it a yeah. little bit before the show. Yeah. yeah. He's lying. Uh, He's a liar. An actor. Um, there might it's be, possible. be a kind of gun that goes off just from pulling the hammer back and letting it go. That yes, it would fire. That's, uh, there's a possibility for that as well. Well, that's a, that's a malfunction. <clears throat> he has a single action revolver. You pull the hammer. The, 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 you know, the cylinder spins and then the trigger is ready to be pulled. I think, you know, it may be possible that Alec Baldwin doesn't understand when you pull the hammer back, the trigger goes back. And so he didn't realize that it's like, it's like a hair trigger. It's like mm-hmm. you tap it. And, and uh, the other question is, um, uh, you didn't pull the trigger, but you pulled the hammer and pointed it at this woman and, Still and cool. the gun went off. It's like, bro, I, I don't, I don't care if you did or didn't, whatever you believe, like 
You pulled out a gun, you pointed at a person, you pulled the hammer back, it went off, somebody died. And when trauma goes down, people's memory sometimes blacks out, so he might not remember pulling the trigger. Or he's just saying what he has to say. I'd be he down to talk about it. He doesn't want to go to prison. Show, right definitely. Yeah, he was crying. Oh. Like, he was legit crying. His eyes were all puffy. He was bad. All right, let's see. We got Talon's uh, Andrew. The microchip semiconductor industry is pushing mandates all over the country. Semiconductor workers need help fighting back. Please help get the word out. We have a petition on change titled Save Semiconductors. Um, you know what I think people should do? I think just get all your buddies who work in that field and just start your own factory, man. Huh. I mean, it might be it's not going to be easy, but start small and just start working on it. I'm down. If it's possible, I'm not saying it is. Grabbing semiconductors, definitely possible. But let's just create that parallel economy they want so dear. You guys want to make some turbostratic graphene with me? There you go. Make superconductors. Uh, a, a user named Emmanuel Goldstein oh. says, are we going to address the elephant in the room that Trump was on the Lolita, Lolita Express? And as I stated, as per Mr. Bill Gates, if you're a wealthy elite and you are flying on the Lolita Express and it's called the Lolita Express, I can only assume you're doing one thing and that goes for Trump, same as it goes for anybody else. Yeah, I made a video theorizing what happened to Trump and Epstein on my Luke Uncensored video. Uh, but uh, I, I think, you know, I, I think, you know, it's an extortion operation. It wouldn't surprise me if Trump was caught up in the extortion part. And come on, like, the way Trump talks about women paying, <laughs> what do you pay, a hundred grand for Stormy Daniels? Yeah. That's he bad. gets invited to the silent same as anybody else. I, every, that's a, that's, I a, that's a bad <laughs> business deal. And he, he wrote the art of the deal? I mean, come on. Well, someone else wrote it. I think he put his name Ghost on it. Writer. I mean, maybe yeah, 10,000, but, 10, but hundred. But hold on. I mean, what's the guy worth? He's a billionaire. He probably, right. he probably pulled out a random wad of cash and he's like, oh, I got a, 150 takes, on me. I'll it, give you a hundred It here. costs him like 10 grand just to count the money <laughs> in hours that he's losing in time. Yeah, he probably just threw like a lot of cash. $10,000 a minute or But something. yeah, uh, uh, we, we heard reports in the Maxwell trial that Trump was very much flying. And uh, the pilot, I believe, called Trump uh, Epstein's wingman, saying that like it was, wow. yeah, with young ladies and all that stuff. I don't. Trump gets no special treatment from me. Mm. If Bill Gates is on the plane and we're going to call him out, I'd love to pull up a video of Trump st- stuttering and stammering. Mm. If he does, you know, what did Trump say about Maxwell? He's he like, wishes I, her I well wish for her well. trial. Yep. Which is an odd comment. Yep. Ask Dummy says, might sound too silly, but to be honest, I think the medium of air is up for grabs. Really? Meaning, who has legal responsibility over the quality of air in my lungs now? Mm. Or, say at work, is my respiratory system an extension of my 400-pound coworker who just eats all day? Yeah, there's something really gross about sitting next to some disgusting person that's not taking care of themselves. Just Bro. smelling up the room. I was on a plane once, okay. and uh, it was, uh, it was uh, what were we on? We were like on an Embraer. A CRJ. So they're not very big. They only have two seats on each side. And so it's one dude, and he was probably 300-something, 400 pounds. And the lady comes by with the food cart where they sell stuff. They have the snack box. They have the sandwiches. And, you know, she looks over at me, and she's just like, um, would you like to buy any any food? And I was like, oh, I'm good. And the guy next to me goes, uh, yeah, I'll have the, uh, the poor boy. And she's like, okay, so I'll also have another poor boy. Um, I'll take two snack boxes. Uh, do you have chips? I'll take two bags of those. Do you, do you have anything to drink? I'll take th- I'll take three Pepsis. Yes, three. Okay, thank you. You don't have to open them. Um, and also, uh, do you have the nut package? I'll take I'll take another snack box. And I was I'm, I'm not exaggerating. Oh my I was sitting there like whoa. And the dude, I'm like, you're flying in the wrong class, man. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> this was a long time ago. You know, uh, the good old days. Yeah. When I when I uh, you can't always get first class because of availability, but I'd often get upgraded, and then so then you're sitting in the bigger seat. Now it's like if I have to fly, 
You know, it's got, it's got to be first class, mainly because I work morning show, night show, and then we had to wake up when we flew to Austin. It was like, wake up Saturday first thing. I'm like, dude, my head will literally fall off if I'm dealing with the stress of sitting in coach and having to deal with that literally. kind of nightmare. Oh, it's, it's not a, it's, it's, it is, people need to understand this. First class exists for a reason. True. If you're flying just like one time, you're going on vacation, I've flown coach hundreds, thousands of times, no joke, thousands, no problem. But when, when I had to fly, when I was working for these companies, like twice a week, mm. I was like, yo, I literally can't handle flying. I would fly in on a morning and then fly out at night. And I'm like, please spare please. me dealing with this. And so that's why they have the rewards program. So typically I'd fly, I'd fly first class because I was like an elite member. I'd flown so much. These days I have like the special, uh, you know, I still have the special account or whatever. So I ain't got to worry about it. I have like a million frequent flyer miles. <clears throat> All right. Mason Wolfie says $20 says federal military enforcement leads to separation of states and the activation of militia groups throughout the U.S. Not saying it will, just a hmm. guess. I think abortion is going to play a big role in this. I really do, I think so. to be yeah. honest. I'm not feeling that. You don't think so? No, I, I look at like how they, they said what was Oklahoma's National Guard. They were going to turn it into a militia. Like that to me is oh, right. federal government saying we are basically renouncing our authority over you, Oklahoma. Like if you're going to start doing that to states – States are not going to take your uh, your laws very seriously. Ben H. says Trump did not focus on prison reform with the First Step Act. The goal is to reduce unnecessarily long prison sentence, improve conditions in prisons. And it, uh, he oh, I'm sorry. Trump, Trump did focus on prison reform with the First Step Act. Reduce unnecessarily long prison sentences, improve conditions in prisons and enact post prison rehabilitation programs. I love it. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, he he released so many people that were in prison for like decades and they came out and they were so happy and so grateful and. I think the programs to actually help rehabilitate people is crucial. Like mm. not just like let them off on the streets and then commit crimes again. We know recidivism rates are so so high. Like people who recommit crimes like sixty, seventy percent. So like actually giving people programs where they can educate themselves or acquire skills to apply them in trades like plumbing or electrician or whatever it is. That's very very important. Now now do Julian Assange. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe you're right. Maybe what we should do is um, at the first sign of any potential crime. We uh, put you in solitary for the rest of your life. Oh, interesting. Just instantly, without without trial. Just we'll do. Uh, you, ever, you ever see Judge Dredd? You ever read yeah. it? Or, yeah. Yeah. They're judge, jury, and executioner right there on the street. It's faster. It's easier. Very fast. <laughs> it's actually a really interesting concept too. We were talking to uh, Andrew Branca, the Law of Self Defense, and he was just talking about how there's too many criminals for the courts to effectively deal with them. My response is like, that's too bad for the state. If they don't have the time to have give a hearing, release them. It is better that 10 guilty persons go free than one innocent person suffer. From that idea, though, you end up with someone writing Judge Dredd. Hmm. Well, because there's too many criminals, make the judge and the, the cop jury and, and the and jury one person yeah. who can go out and judge people. It's a cool sci-fi concept, man. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty cool. It's Sandra brutal, Bullock and uh, what's his name? Well, they did the new one with oh. um, with Carl uh, Urban. No, I haven't seen that. Yeah, I think, yeah. Yeah, the was Sylvester Stallone. It was a little cheesy. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah definitely yeah. got potential I like though. It. I like the concept and flying cars. Yep, just straight up killing people. I don't know, man. Hmm. It's an interesting concept as to the, the 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 you know congestion. Not something we want to have. I would like to see webcams more utilized in prison, and maybe for people that have an interest in learning a trade, they could do it on the internet and take classes every day, and then you could have like prison guards watch them just just don't leave james comey's daughter uh in charge of that project <laughs> you know what we should talk about um white anderson says tim and crew if the second civil war happens uh would you fight or be a be war correspondents uh i mean 
neither. I mean, I, I guess Some we would keep right? doing the show. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why that would change. Unless YouTube was like, oh, your opinions are bad and we're in a civil war, so they delete us or something. We'd probably just keep, you know, doing the show. I think we should definitely talk a, a little bit about this um, because I think it was Slate wrote an article saying, which side are you on? The second mm. civil war is coming. And they were like, we're not saying it's a guarantee, but who will, which side would you, it's time to choose. Like, it's, it was a crazy article. And it showed like a proud boy with a mask on or something. And I'm like, man, you're crazy. Dude. Information is key during war. And that's why through before many wars start, all uh, dissemination of information is usually centralized by the state. So if there was a conflict, I don't think there would be things like YouTube and open debate and discussions. I think all of that would be out the window immediately. Salon wrote it in this in the coming oh, second oh. American Civil War. Which side are you on? I think that's so reductionary because I don't think that they're just going to be two sides. Right. There's always... Look at the photo that they decided to put up with this. Oh, wonderful. That guy looks like Bane. Yeah. Yeah. I'm but a... like America Bane. I like it, though. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Does he have a Definitely shield? A Can we scroll down a little bit? No, no that's about it. Oh, no, he no, does no, have a shield, like, though. Yeah. So, yeah, man. Um, you know what I think? I think we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that in the... Uh, we'll, we'll talk about the member segment. We'll get into a lot of that stuff. And uh, we'll just read uh, one more here. Mark B says, why no com- comparison to the vaccine mandates to the number of the beast? It is here. Uh, we've, we've talked about that. We talked about how it says that, are you familiar with, uh, was it Revelation? Yeah. Revelation? Yeah, Revelation. Yeah, no S. Is it, it's singular? I think so. Uh, oh, right. Yeah, I've heard about it. The yeah. mark of the beast, you would not be able to buy, sell, or trade unless you had the mark of the beast. Interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. And then someone super chatted it to us and I was like, what? The Bible wouldn't talk about trading or selling? Oh, like yeah, in that, that context? Sense. That's weird. Well, yeah, a I know. Like Christians don't even. I didn't realize that. Yeah. But the mark of the beast was just like assign you were a member or something. Yeah. And then I read it and I was like, oh, yo, that's crazy. Oh, mm. yeah. I err on the side these days that interests are are using the story of the Bible and Revelation and then making it happen as opposed to like it was gonna happen all along. That's, like that's where that's where I'm at now. Yeah, ladies like, hey, and gentlemen, if you haven't already, smash that like button, subscribe to the channel, go to TimCast.com. We're going to have a member segment coming up around 11 or so p.m. every day. There's a huge library of content. If you haven't already signed up, you definitely should because it helps support our work. And man, at this point, we have, what, hundreds of members-only segments you can oh, yeah. watch about a variety of issues, behind-the-scenes content as well. The Green Room Show here at the studio, behind the scenes, as well as Tales from the Inverted World. We're just going to make keep making more and more awesome stuff for you. So go check it out. And you can follow the show at TimCastIRL. Don't forget, you can also follow me personally at TimCast on Instagram and, you know, basically wherever else. Rav, you want to shout anything out? Yeah, I just started a Substack to write about psychedelics, Ooh, meditation, nice. spirituality, ravarora.substack.com. I'm trying to get more and more subscribers so I can um, write about my experiences on MDMA, DMT, psilocybin coming up in the next six months and hopefully share with readers these experiences so that they can have their we'll, own. We'll talk about that too in the members. Yeah. Sounds sounds fun. Fun, yeah. Ian's ears sparked yeah. up, yeah. by the way. <laughs> He's like, his alert. eyes like yeah. went up pretty done it? Uh, most of it, yeah. I've only puffed on DMT. I've never gone broken through yet. Well, we'll, 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 we we'll talk yeah, about we that. Gotta, yeah, we're gonna interesting discussions. I don't want to. I don't want to. Uh, you know, give people DMT blue balls. Yeah. <laughs> Tune I, in. I, yeah. I, the whole experience. <laughs> I never thought I would ever hear that in my life. But <laughs> here I we wish are. I, didn't. You um, I also have my own YouTube channel. It's YouTube.com forward slash We Are Change. I was translating German again today. Oh, I had a lot of fun with it. People really enjoyed it. It was absolutely bonkers and totally facetious. And if you want to see it, again, youtube.com forward slash we are change. Hope to see some of you guys there. Thanks for having me. Thank you guys so much for coming. I'm Ian Crossland. Check me out, iancrossland.net. If you want to check and get, get in touch with my socials, catch you later. 
Thank you guys for bearing with me in my impassioned arguments about pro-life, as I always bring. If you guys would like to see more of my insane uh, but well-researched arguments against abortion, you are more than welcome to follow me at Sour Patch Lids on Twitter. So um, a few minutes before the show, I was uh, pulling up on my phone my Google Drive, and I was talking to some of the people here. We're working on recording some more music, so we've got some guests here. And I was like, let me see if I can find some of the recordings I have. Maybe I can send you. And so I went to my Google Drive, and I searched for music. And then this music folder pops up and I click it and I see a bunch of names of songs I don't recognize. And I'm like, well, what is this? I don't know what this is. Like, and so I look and there's like lyrics and I'm, I'm like, what, what? I didn't write this. What is this? And then there's a video of this like dude with like short brown hair and some like red guitar. And I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> and I play the video and I don't recognize this guy at all. And then he starts singing, and I'm like, that's Ian! That's a good song. <laughs> that song is hot. That's awesome. Yeah. Anyway, thanks for hanging out. We'll see you all at TimCast.com in the members-only segment. Bye, guys. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.